Welcome everyone to episode 250 of the Thumbstick Athletes Podcast. I'm your host, Dan. I'm Eric. Will. Corey. We were just joking before the episode that uh, it's episode 250 and we didn't necessarily do anything special. Hooray that's, for that's us. us! That's us in a nutshell, though, us, isn't it? Us in a nutshell, yeah. Uh, we're also recording a day earlier than uh, than we initially had planned. Uh, usually we like to do Thursdays, other than what uh, every third week we do Wednesdays because of Corey's work schedule. Um, but for hockey reasons, um, I asked if we would be really willing to record on Wednesday, so uh, here we are. Uh, short notice. It was short notice for us, too. We kind of figured that out this afternoon that we were going to record a day early. But uh, here we are. We're going to be coming covering the new Hitman game, at least what's out of it so far. Right, Eric? Uh, not all of what's out. Okay. Because I did not buy the second part yet. But Okay. Yeah, the first part I have pretty well covered. Sounds good. So, first yeah, episode, I should say. First episode. Okay. Uh, so that's going to be our main topic for today's episode. Uh, anybody have anything they want to tease for, for later on? Yeah. Overwatch beta, um, which I think we'll all talk about. Yeah, I finally uh, I got my grubby hands. Yeah, I played quite a bit of Alien Nation mm-hmm. with uh, my cousin Jared. And I did want to talk more about um, Rocket League Hoops um, because I played more of that. Mm-hmm. And Galaxy, I finally got around it, given a whirl. Nice. So uh, I'll talk about that as well. That's okay. it. Cool. Corey? I played the PC port of Disgaea. Oh, that's right. This past week, in addition to some of the Overwatch beta and a whole lot of Hearthstone. Very nice. And that's it. Will? I played nothing to tease. Nothing to tease? Okay. I've uh, been Overwatch, but... Yeah. Uh, I, I finally was able to get my grubby hands on Overwatch, too. Uh, so we talked about that. A little more Dark Souls. Um that's really it. I mean, I'll talk a little bit more about the Game of Thrones game, but again, I don't want to spoil anything, so I won't get into specifics. Uh, with that being said, let's get into Hitman. Hitman. Uh, Eric, why don't you get us started? I will do that. Uh, will was kind enough to purchase Hitman mm-hmm. uh, on the PS4 and through our game sharing thing. Uh, that's how I got access to it. Uh, the first episode came out March 11th of this year. It's uh, from Square Enix. Uh, and this is the first one that has ever been uh, an episodic format, which I thought was kind of interesting. And I thought that that was also worth uh, talking about as yeah. far as Hitman goes. It was one of the reasons that I thought it was uh, worthy of an episode. Um, <clears throat> so I played the first episode, which is set in Paris. Um, and it's called The Showstopper. It's set in uh, Paris, France at a high class like fashion show. Uh, and there's also like a high stakes auction going on in the third floor of the building, I believe. So it's like a kind of like a big mansion. Um, so the goal, um, and it's a story mission, but I don't feel like anything I'm going to say is really a spoiler. There aren't really spoilers in this, especially with the format that it's in. Um, so you have two uh, two targets: Victor Novikov, who's a fashion mogul, and Dahlia Margulis, who's a retired model. And it turns out that they're he- the head of a spy ring called Iago. And they have a list of British undercover agents that you're supposed to um, stop them from releasing. Um, so <clears throat> it's really cool the way that this game works. Uh, basically, it sets you up with like a debriefing of what's going on. 
and that's uh you know like a cg scene and you listen to a little background about the people and why you need to stop them and kill them uh and then you go into setting up your plan so setting up a plan involves uh picking a a type of concealed weapon that you're going to use so that's going to be like a a silenced handgun uh you get to pick two pieces of gear uh gear being things like uh you can use a coin so you could throw that to distract people a fiber wire to strangle people things like that uh there's also a rubber ducky i didn't ever use it i'm not really sure what it does but it probably does something awesome Mm -hmm. i'm wondering if it's an an explosion um that's something i'm going to get around to at some point um you also pick your starting location so you can start in different areas around um the map uh you pick a smuggled item and a smuggled item is something that has been placed somewhere on the map and you actually get to pick where there's a set um list of locations that you can pick from uh for the item to be placed uh things that could be put in there are um Again, it could be any of the, the gear items that you didn't have enough room for, or it could be like a sniper rifle, something like that, like an extra piece of gear that you actually have to go work towards earning, I guess is a good way to put it, um, instead of just being handed before the mission. <clears throat> and yeah, I think that's it for the planning part of it. Oh, you also can pick a, a starting disguise. Um and right off the bat, you don't really have many options as far as disguises or starting locations around the map. Uh, the way that you earn those is by completing different challenges during the assassination attempts. Um, and so the challenges are assassinations, discovery, feats, and targets. So this one, obviously, like I said, has two targets. So by killing those two targets, you complete a challenge, which gives you experience, which earns you uh, new places to start. Uh, new weapons that are available, uh, new disguises, things like that. Uh, assassination challenges are finding different ways to be creative. So, like, instead of just your normal going up and strangling somebody with your arm, putting them in a chokehold, it would be something like drowning them in a toilet, um, using poison, um, using something in the environment, things like that. So you are in challenges that way. Um, discovery... I'm not as clear on. I did take some notes, but I didn't really expand upon that. Um, Feats are kind of like doing multiple things. Uh, So say you are wearing a specific disguise and you perform a specific type of uh, assassination, that would be performing a feat. Uh, But those are all different ways that you're able to unlock uh, basically just opening up a whole gauntlet of avenues that you can take to perform different uh, assassinations, which really, really lends itself to replay value on this game. It's one of the better games that I've seen, at least in my opinion. I'm not the type of person that likes to replay video games, but this one um, has made me do it, and I've actually replayed the mission, the main story mission a few times, which is not something that I ordinarily do. Mm-hmm. So I think that's saying something. Um, <clears throat> let's see. Uh, Another cool thing that you can do during the missions is you can gain intel. So a little light bulb will pop up if you happen to be walking by a person of interest or somebody that has information about your targets. A light bulb pops up, and what you can do is you just kind of hang out uh, and listen to them talk, and it will um, give you access to a menu. And so one of the cool things that I did to eliminate uh, Victor... um, I was randomly walking around in the kitchen because I had unlocked a starting location of downstairs in the kitchen as a waiter. So I started down there, 
in a waiter's uniform, so I was just kind of blending in in the kitchen, and I randomly walked across a drink recipe. And I was like, ah, shit, I'll pick it up. Who knows what it's good for? So later on, as I'm walking around, I overheard somebody talking about how his favorite drink was a bare-knuckle brawler, which I don't know what's in that, but that was his favorite drink. Um, so I went to the bar, stood at the bar, mixed up a bare-knuckle brawler, and put poison in it. And he came over to the bar and said, hey, you look like a guy that knows what you're doing. Took the drink, drank it, and then he had to go to the bathroom because he was sick. So then you can walk in there and you, you can basically kill him any way that you want to. Uh, preferably, you would look at the challenge list ahead of time and see which ways you'd need to unlock. So like I said, drowning him would earn you extra challenge points. So you can literally just dunk his head in the toilet and drown him. You shoot him in the back of the head sharing them with fiber fiber wire, all these things uh, earn you different challenges. So that's what I'm saying. Like, if you were to go back and do that again, you could use uh, a different means of killing him to unlock different things. Um, but I thought that was really neat. Another one that I used to kill Dahlia, uh, I overheard somebody talking about how her, her laptop was running the whole auction. Um, so I went and found the dongle for her laptop to basically hack into it to shut the auction down which made her come and check on it, um, which kind of sets her up in an isolation area, and you can just basically take her out whichever way you see fit. But it's pretty cool because I wouldn't have known any of that stuff without wandering around and kind of listening to the conversations that were going mm -hmm. on. So it's nice that the NPCs that are wandering around the area actually have something to do with how you interact with your environment. You know what I mean? Um, I just found that to be pretty interesting. Um, let's see what else. Oh, the coolest way that, that I can talk about that I did this was actually in the prologue and like the training part. So I overheard somebody talking about how there was a guy who's trying, he wasn't escaping, but his, his method of leaving was through a jet. And I overheard them talking about how he likes to do a safety test on the jet before he leaves. Mm -hmm. So what I did was I sabotaged the ejector seat. So when he went in to do a safety test, he like fucking blew himself up into outer space and blew up. <laughs> nice. And it was awesome. Yeah, so that's just kind of a taste of the cool things that you can do. And there's there's multiple ways that you can accomplish, you know, all these different ways uh, of killing the people. Can you just throw a grenade and blow them up? Yeah, I think I I haven't found any grenades. I do have the only explosive that I found was uh, uh, mine. Okay. But like I said, I haven't unlocked everything and there are things like um I know there's something to do with fireworks. There's like a fireworks show in the showstopper thing that I it happened. So everything is like on a timeline. I haven't made it far enough where I didn't kill them in time uh where I would see the fireworks. Mm. So I haven't explored that part of it yet. Um but you can use the fireworks to your advantage because obviously they're loud. So then you can just kind of shoot them at will without using a, a silencer, um, which is probably what I'm going to have to do for the sniper challenge because there's a challenge where you have to kill them both with a sniper rifle. Um, when I tried that one, I put the sniper rifle in a place where I thought it would be advantageous to me, but it was the complete opposite of that because it was off on the side where it was surrounded by a bunch of security guards. Hmm. Um, and when I when you pick up, one of the really cool things about this game is you you can't just pick up any gun and walk around with it. 
because a sniper rifle is big. Yeah. So it's strapped to your back, <laughs> and they see that. Yeah. And like they're like, "Hey, wait a minute! What the fuck is this guy doing walking around with a sniper rifle?" Yeah. So one it, of the cool it would raise suspicion. It, exactly, and and I like that. That's a part of the game, and I, I should have said this is a first Hitman game that I've played, so all of this is very new to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of my favorite things, like I was talking about, is after I unlocked the um, kitchen entrance and starting out as a waiter in disguise. It's really cool how you can walk around any kitchen area or any place that a waiter would be, like the bar, anything like that, and nobody really knows any different unless you run into the head of the wait staff, which will show up on your mini-map as a white dot instead of like a grayed-out dot, so you know to kind of avoid that area. But if I, if me as a waiter, if I go into like the back dressing room area where all the models are changing for the fashion show that's going on, they know that I'm not supposed to be there. And you either are not allowed in there, or if you sneak in there and get caught, you're kind of screwed. Uh-huh. So it's kind of cool that what you're wearing makes a difference in the environment. And, and just because I have a waiter out, uh, disguise on doesn't mean that I'm safe to go anywhere I want. Right. So with that said, what I would do is I would start out in the kitchen as a waiter, sneak up some stairs. I would off a security guard and put his, his uniform on so then I could kind of have free range uh, on the first two floors. But then adding another layer to it, the third floor has a special uh, group of security. So then you have to acquire one of their disguises. And you have to hide the bodies. So you've got all of these different layers going on to try and formulate a plan as to how you're going to attack the people. Um, which I thought was, was really, really cool. Um, so that's kind of how the main story mission goes. So like I said, there's a, there's a shit ton of replay value there. Um, to try and beat all the challenges. It's got the leaderboard feature that I've, I've always been a big fan of. Uh, the only problem is I don't think I have any friends that play this game. So the leaderboards are pretty much useless to me. So the um, the re- yeah. the allure of, of replaying it is like having the perfect run kind of thing, right? Uh, or is it more about... That's part of it. If you, if you want to get a high score, yes. But for me, it was more about performing the assassinations in different ways. Okay. Yeah, using that, different tactics. That's interesting to me too. Like, uh, you know, kind of uh, seeing seeing how how many different creative ways you can you can off these people by, like you said, right. by by ma- manipulating the environment. Like, I, I like that. That's the brainy part of the game. And that's yeah, what and would, so, like would I said, some me. of them are harder. Yeah. Some of them are easier. Like the sniper rifle one would be tough because it's it's going to make a loud noise and people are going to hear it. There's people all over the place. Like, it's a big fashion show and yeah. things like that. There's security guards everywhere. There's, like, out in the parking lot, you'd think you could just go find a spot to post up. But there's, like, a valet parking area with security guards. You can't – you're not allowed to go in. Um, so you have to really be careful where you're sneaking around, and they're going to hear a gun out there. Yeah. So I'm assuming that I'm going to have to wait until the fireworks show. There's also different ways you can exit. So you don't just win – after you eliminate the targets, you have to find an exit plan. So there's there's in this one there's the catacombs you can escape through, which I found to be the easiest one. Um, there's a helicopter, but right at the helicopter there's three security guards that will recognize you're not supposed to be there. Um, so you have to kind of sneak your way onto it. There's a boat that I actually don't have access to yet. So you unlock all of these different things and gain access to them as you go. Um, by completing different challenges. And there's like some super creative ways to do assassinations that I didn't know were possible, and I still don't know how to pull them off. Um, but that's 
one of the really interesting parts of the game to me. So is it, finding that out. It sounds too like you could uh, go onto YouTube and see some pretty creative ways of killing yeah. these people. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Uh, it wouldn't be fun to watch me play because <laughs> I get, I get nervous. So I'm, I'm pretty cautious. Uh-huh. It probably takes a lot longer than it should, but that's just kind of how I play it. Um, let's see. So aside from the main story mission, so I did want to talk about what what kind of value you're getting. So the way that this is set up episodically, the, the intro pack, as it's called, which includes episode one uh, featuring mm-hmm. the Paris mission, uh, it also includes escalator missions. And this is for $15 as the intro pack. So that gets you the Showstopper mission and 11 escalator missions. And what es- escalator missions are, um, each one starts with one mission requirement. So say... Uh, I'll take the one that I did, for example. It's called the Ezekiel Paradox. The first time you do it, your goal is to eliminate one guy in any way you want. The next time you do it, you have to do that again, but it also adds eliminating another guy, and you have to kill him with an explosion. The third time you do it, it's those first two requirements, but there's additional security cameras in place, and if you're seen on one, you have two minutes to go and delete the evidence on the camera. And that keeps stacking up to each one of them has five levels. So when you beat, you know, the third level, it will add a fourth layer of difficulty and then a fifth layer of difficulty. So there are 11 of those missions. They all take place in that same mansion where the fashion show is going on. But they, the targets that you eliminate, at least my experience so far, have all been different than the um, main targets of the Showstopper story mission. So that's kind of cool as well. So you're not just going after the same people every time, which forces you to wear different disguises. Mm-hmm. You're amongst different crowds. Uh, so that's an, another thing that I really like. I think they did a good job of diversifying the, the uh, targets, I guess you could say. Um, so that's just another part that adds a ton of replay value, in my opinion. There are also contracts, which I haven't done any of yet. And that's all, for the most part, um, created by the Hitman community. So that's all like living content that's updated whenever somebody wants to update it, I guess. Uh-huh. You can create your own contracts um, and they kind of set up scenarios and they pick how you how you are supposed to go about your assassinations, what kind of tools you're supposed to use and things like that. Haven't done any of them, but it's it's fairly interesting to me. Um, How's it play? So that, I, It plays really well. I haven't really had any frustrations as far as controls go. Um, like I said, this is the first one I've played. My friend Jeff is a big Hitman fan. Um, he told me he really likes it. He said it feels a little bit more arcadey to him than the other ones did. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't have anything to compare it to, but yeah, it looks pretty good. Doesn't look fantastic, but it looks pretty good. Um, handles very well. I have any, and which is important in a stealth game, which yep. we've talked about yep. before. So, yeah. I love it. I'm really, really surprised at how good it was. Uh-huh. I I think it's getting like sevens as far as reviews go. The first episode did. So the second episode just came out last week, I believe, and that is in Italy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that got better reviews than the first one did. Okay. Than the first episode. That's getting like eights or a little higher. So I am definitely going to pick that up. That episode, I guess all the episodes, if you're buying them separately, they're $10. You can buy the whole season, as it's called, for 60 regular game price you just have to wait for them to come out yeah uh i personally i kind of like this model for, for was, the episodic thing i was gonna ask about that because that's kind of the controversy with it yeah i don't mind it at all as long as they're putting out a good content mm-hmm. like 
I guess for me, there, there's so many games you can play while you're waiting for it, and and it's not one of those things like a Borderlands game, or not Borderlands, I'm sorry. Uh, I was thinking Tales from the Borderlands. Uh, uh, what are the people that make those? Telltale. Telltale game, yes. So it's not like a Walking Dead Telltale game or Game of Thrones Telltale game where it's super story-driven. Mm-hmm. I, I really don't know what the story is as far as <laughs> Hitman goes. You're just an agent who's assassinating people for one reason or another. Um, so I don't feel like it really matters as far as story goes. Uh-huh. And there's a lot of replay value there in what you're getting for the $15 to start off. Um, I guess there will be six total um, pieces of content added to it. So I'm guessing six different cities with uh, six story missions and escalator missions and all that. Um, so there's going to be a lot of content by the end. But for me, there's there's so many other games you can play while you're waiting in between there and you don't need to remember any storylines or anything like that so i don't think it's a problem for a game like hitman mm-hmm. and as long as the content that they're putting out is is good which i think it is yeah i 10 bucks in the wallet is it feels like nothing to me you know what i mean so like if i see it's 10 bucks i got 10 bucks in my bank account i'm looking for something to play I, i'm far more apt to just drop that 10 dollars than i am 60 dollars. so gotcha. you know mm-hmm. what do you guys think about that model I I mean initially I didn't like it but from what you describe it like it doesn't seem like it's that big of a deal. Um I don't I I don't want games to start coming out in pieces like this. Um yeah. but but like you said with with Hitman like there's not really uh a, a ton of story elements that you're going to forget about in between you know it, it kind it's, it's it, a lot... it, it sets itself up nicely for an episodic type of game. Yeah, and you it's know? it's a lot different than what you'd be talking about with that Final Fantasy VII remake. Yeah, it's story driven, right? Which I could see why people would not want that to come out in pieces. Yeah, yeah, but I f- I feel like this this game, uh, the way that they've done it, really lends itself very well to that business model. So. It's good too that you can, uh, like you said, buy the first with the intro pack, yeah, uh, and see if you like it for fifteen bucks. And if you don't like yep. it, you don't play anymore, and you only wasted fifteen bucks. You know. And you, you're getting a pretty good amount of content that you could put a lot of time in in that 15 bucks too. I feel like. Right. So, yeah, uh, two thumbs up for me. I've really enjoyed it, and I thank Will for for, for buying, buying it. it and giving me access to it because I probably would have never played it if he didn't. Did he play it at all? He said he played it for like a half hour. Okay, I'd be interested to get his thoughts, but I think he seems to have pieced out. That sounds like Will. <laughs> that does sound like Will, doesn't it? Yeah, I put like uh, 30 minutes in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Other than like Heroes of the Storm, you know. Yeah. He's got a handful of games that he plays a lot of. Yeah. Okay. Do you guys have any other questions about it or? Not really. I think um, to answer some of your questions, Eric, I think I think like uh, like you said, you know, it depends on the game and the the model seems to work really well for Hitman. Yeah. Uh, and it does seem like the word on the street is more approving of this game than. It's critical reviews, yeah. which are still decent, but uh, people seem to really like it, word of mouth wise. Yeah, it's it's just it's uh, it's really fun, and I don't love stealth games. I'm not somebody that enjoys that usually, um, but I feel like with the with the way they set up the challenges and things like that, and the the interaction with the people in the environment and all the different disguises and things that you you can use, it's it's really interesting. It seems more like a, a thinking man's stealth game too than a uh a controller you know control heavy skill yes a more skill-based stealth game like metal gear like metal gear right i would agree with that 
Okay. Yeah, one of my friends yeah. has it on Steam, so uh, I'll probably give it a shot at some point. Oh, you should, Dan. I'd be interested to see what we thought. Yeah. How many episodes are they doing? Uh, it said after the intro pack, the way that I actually... Do I still have it up? I pulled it up to read from it. I got rid of it. Uh, the way it read on the PSN store was that there was going to be six episodes, uh, pieces of DL six. It didn't state episodes, but six pieces of content after the initial intro pack. So okay. I would assume six more story missions. Yeah. Oh. So. Gotcha. Now, uh, my last question, and you might have answered it already. Um, but the when you go back to replay a mission to earn more challenge points, mm-hmm. what do those challenge points get you? Get you? They unlock different, uh, like I said, different uh, starting points that you can use, different disguises that you can start out as, so you don't necessarily have to go get them. Okay. Um. So I found it pretty easy in the second and third times that I played through it to start out as a waiter. Okay, so you would say that the the reward for getting more challenge points is worth the effort to do. Yeah, so. it it just gives you different avenues of ways to approach the the targets. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, because when you're trying to take a bunch of costumes, like you run the risk of getting caught uh, every time you off someone to get their clothes. Right. I mean, right. That probably yeah, makes absolutely. it more difficult. The security guard that I killed, uh, he was just in a stairwell, and there was nowhere to hide him. Yeah. So like, he's just laying there. Laying. Yeah. So if someone goes down those steps. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, exactly. And then they start searching around for you and yeah. things like that. So Okay. So you usually would just start out in a suit, like a black suit. I'm really tempted to pick this up. It's cool, man. I really like it. Really like it. It's on Steam, yeah? Yeah. Yes, it's out for Windows, Xbox One, and PS4. Yep. Mm. I really enjoyed, what was the last Hitman? Absolution? Blood Absolution, Money? Yeah, yeah, Absolution. Is that the one I played, or did I play Blood Money? I can't remember. I, don't know. I have all of them, but I haven't played any of them. Yeah, I've always wanted to, and this is, this is just the first time that I ever got around to it. Yeah. What was your experience with Hitman briefly, Will? To be honest with you, I only did, like, 20 minutes, and it was cool. Um, I just didn't stick with it. I think there's because I was trying to play other stuff. Yeah. Okay. It's a series I'm always interested in, but never play. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I'm the same way. Sometimes there's a reason for that. I'll talk <laughs> yeah. about Disgaea a little bit later. <laughs> okay. okay. Gotcha. <laughs> All right. Uh, shall we move on to Nibble Bits? Sure. All right. Corey, why don't you get us started with Nibble Bits? YouTube. Continuing our YouTube coverage. Uh, YouTube announced a fix to one of the biggest problems with its copyright claim system. I talked a little bit about Jim Sterling kind of finding the workaround to uh, stick it to the man and stick it to the you know all the men, I guess, at the top in different ways. Uh, but so the way it works now is is once a video is flagged for a copyright claim, the original owner, the person filing the claim, can choose to monetize it themselves. Uh, so, like, if Dan uploaded a video and I put a claim on it saying this is mine, uh, I could choose to monetize it. So Dan would keep the video, but the ad revenue would all go to me for that video. Or I could choose to block it outright. Uh, but that led to a lot of people falsely claiming videos as yep. their own. Uh, and that would screw a lot of people over because it would prevent the uploader from receiving any revenue from the video uh, 
for that initial bump of viewers, whether or not it's theirs. So Dan very well could have uploaded something that was totally his. I put a claim in. Dan loses all that money, regardless of whether it's mine. Uh, so now, or soon, YouTube will allow videos to continue earning revenue during that content dispute. Uh, and then once the dispute is is resolved, the money will be delivered to the rightful person. So Dan uploads that video. I put in a claim. I put in a BS claim. Uh, then once that situation is resolved and, and Dan earns the, the copyright to it, then he will get all that revenue that he should have been getting anyway. Hmm. So, so that's good. That it will at least uh, fix some of the problems yeah. that they have. It still um, seems like it's too easy to file a claim on any video. You know? Oh, it's super easy. That's, that's a huge problem. I mean, popular YouTubers deal with it every day. They get bullshit claims on their videos and they get screwed over because of it. Uh, But I was thinking about today and even like the non-bullshit claims, like uh, somebody who just talks at length about a game and as part of that game includes footage of the game. And there might only be like overall two minutes of game footage, but the video is 20 minutes long and it's well thought out and it's, you know, a valid argument and and every other medium would be considered fair use. Uh, Nintendo could come along and just say, eh, this is our video now. Thanks one, for all the money. It's got one of our songs in it. Screw yeah. you. And that's still a big problem to me yeah. that needs to be fixed. Sure. Because that's not right. So there's that. Uh, release date for Dishonored 2? November 11th. Yeah. Everywhere in the oh. world. For PS4, Xbox One, and PC. We've got to play Have through the first one again. anything about this game? Just a oh, little really? bit. A little bit, didn't we? Just, Just a little. Yeah. Bit. I think we've heard. I think we've heard word of stuff. Yeah, the two different protagonists. It's got Corvo and the uh, an older Corvo and the woman. I f- I forget what her name is. Isabel. Isabel. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I was. It was funny earlier today. I was thinking about it. And I had it totally confused with the new Assassin's Creed that just came out with the oh, two. Yeah. It's similar, I guess. Yeah. So there's that. Uh Dawn of War three was announced along with the trailer. It's it's been a game that's been kicked around for quite a while, I guess. Like all the way going back to like two thousand nine. Yeah. Uh but the announcement trailer came out. Um it's a game one of those games I've always been interested in, real time strategy. Uh, Warhammer universe? Yep, Warhammer. Yep. Warhammer 40,000. Okay. Uh, and it's anticipated to come out sometime in 2017. I'm I, interested in it. I think I played the first Warhammer, Dawn of War. Not not Warhammer, Dawn of War 2, but the first Warhammer. I actually think I have the physical discs for it at, back at Mom and Dad's. I played it when I used to visit you uh, when you lived in the apartments in Enwald, Dan. Yeah. Yep. Concerned Ape posted his plans for Stardew Valley's 1.1 update, uh, including co-op multiplayer, international localization, uh, Mac Mac Linux ports, console ports, and merch. Mm-hmm. And he did say of all those things, uh, he's sort of outsourcing them to Chucklefish. He's in his blog post outlining all this stuff, he said, you know, I've always wanted the content of the game and the game design itself to come from me. This extra stuff is a lot of technical work. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know if I could do it kind of thing. So like, I'm just going to let Chucklefish handle it and they'll obviously 
share some of the revenue there for that. Uh, but in terms of game content, he said he's going to include more late game content, new farm buildings, crops, artisan goods, advanced farming and producing mechanics. Shane and Emily will become marriage material. We talked a little bit about that. More marriage content, more events for non-married NPCs, improvements and additions to mining and combat, ability to move buildings and other convenience features, something we really wanted. Uh, more secrets and more small fun touches to the world, my favorite part of the game, and more bug fixes. So Nice. Sounds amazing. That stuff's all coming. Yeah, I was thinking about that earlier, uh, about how I kind of stalled out on Stardew Valley, and I haven't gone back to it in, in a while. Um, and I kind of wish the game ended earlier than it did. And I think more, with more late game content, it might help you know pull you through that last bit of game. You know? It's like the one criticism I have of Stardew Valley. Sure. You take that back. Well, I have 63 hours in it. Corey, you're absolutely right. You sh- a game like that doesn't need to be played for 63 fucking hours. It took me 70 so- 74 hours to beat it, I think. That's yeah. absurd. I mean, it's a joy to play, but at a certain point, well, like after after you've unlocked everything and seen everything, then what? There you know, needs you just, to it's just a grind to sure. see the ending. There needs to be more high end stuff that you can like spend money on. I think. Yep. Uh, that that next layer of of stuff to attain because you know once I I got my blueberry farm uh, going in the in the thing, I had no need for money. I'll just take yeah. care of my blueberries, take care of my animals, and then go screw around for the rest of the day. Well, I think every game should also include some sort of infinite progression thing right. that there's no limit on uh-huh. that doesn't, you know, wouldn't break the game by you continuing continuing to level up or grow or whatever it happens to be, but you're continually rewarded for whatever that infinite progression thing happens to be. Sure. Can't think of a good example off the top of my head, but Vans shoes did you guys see these shoes? I did. Nintendo licensed shoes. I saw your tweet today. They're awesome. Yeah. I like the plain looking ones with just the the uh, pixelated stripe on the side. I would those buy. Are cool. I would buy those in a heartbeat. The Zelda ones I thought were awesome. I'd wear those around. Uh, the other ones are a little bit louder, yeah. but there's room for that. You know. Sure. I've got my all over graphic T-shirts that I like to to wear around the house and like to the beach kind of thing, you uh-huh. know, could throw on a pair of Nintendo shoes for that. That'd be all right. But yeah, I think they look cool. And I actually included uh Bandai Namco's UK Twitter. Yeah. In uh in my tweet today, you know, take notes, yeah. Bandai Namco. This is what nice merch looks like. Yes, <laughs> indeed. And that's all I got. Okay. What about you, Will? Uh, I've got one, but it's a big one. Fallout 4's DLC is out this month. That's Far Harbor, which is the one that kind of matters. Yeah. Uh, the other two, in my opinion, did not matter nearly as much. But uh, it's going to be a $25 price point to get in if you didn't get the season pass. Which, wasn't the season pass $25 to begin with? I think it was 30 to start off with. And then, yeah, it was twenty nine ninety nine, and then went up to 50 if you didn't get it within a certain time. Gotcha. And here's the little uh, blurb on it. In Far Harbor, a new case from Valentine's Integrative Agency leads you on a search for a young woman in a secret colony of synths. 
Travel off coast to Maine to a mysterious island of Far Harbor where higher levels of radiation have created a more feral world. Navigate through the glowing conflict between the synths, the children of Adam, and the local townspeople. Will you work towards bringing peace to Far Harbor? And at what cost? And there's a little trailer posted. So check it out. I have to I'm kinda I kinda wanna play it, so I have to go back and beat Fallout 4 on the PC. That might be my next little little mission. Yeah. I would totally play a Valentine's Detective Agency storyline. Uh, yeah. That would be pretty cool. There's probably someone working on a mod for that. More Valentine's uh, Detective Agency content. It'll probably be better than Fallout 4. Could could very well be. Not a difficult... <laughs> uh, this, is, uh, this is the only piece of DLC that I'm interested in. And I'll, I yeah. will get it at some point. On a Steam sale, probably. Just specifically this one. I don't necessarily care about the other ones. Unless they steeply discount the whole season pass again. You know? Which, who knows? It'll happen eventually. It's just when, you know? When Fallout 5's coming out. Yeah. Skyrim 2. Or when Obsidian puts out their Fallout. Steam summer sale's coming up, Dan. Yeah, I know. I have no money for, uh, no extra funds for for Steam summer Ah, sale. Yeah, fair enough. You think we're going to see Elder Scrolls 6 at E3? Oh. I don't know. If we do, it'll just be a teaser. Quick blurb. Yeah, I'm thinking we'll see a teaser. Yeah, I would be surprised if it was coming out like later this year. Although that's what Bethesda did with Fallout 4. No way. There's no way. <laughs> what? Yeah. what? I think chances of that are slim. What would they... Sh- I mean, other than Dishonored 2, what? They have a whole press conference. Doom will have Doom. already been out. That'll already been out. Yeah, that'll be out already. Uh, Fallout Shelter 2. <laughs> Battleborn DLC. Battleborn. Ooh. Battleborn. No, that's Battleborn <laughs> is uh, 2K. Yeah. Oh, wait. What's, Gearbox. What's the Bethesda? Battle, uh, Battle Cry. Cry. That's Battle Cry. Wait, that okay. got nixed, didn't it? Yeah, I think yeah. it got canceled, yeah. It's for the best. Maybe then, Corey. Maybe. They got to have something. They can't do a whole press conference around Dishonored 2. Uh, I hope that's not their plan, Jesus. I'm sure they have something else. I, and I I think we talked about this about a month ago, that we think there's something else. We just can't think of what it is. Didn't didn't news come out of Bethesda that they're working on three separate games currently? Yeah. So maybe one of those. Three separate big projects, I think, is, is how they worded it. So maybe we'll see a new IP. Maybe. Rage 2. Like Corey said, I think I'm if saying, oh, we're getting you know Rage what? 2. You're right, Corey. That's going to be it. Rage 2. But does that deserve a press conference? I nope. really liked Rage, uh, but I don't well, know. I don't if know you remember uh, when they showed Rage, the original Rage at E3, it, it showed really well. Yeah. I'm sure it did. People were pretty excited about it. But, it didn't uh, review well, but I, I liked it. I thought it was yeah. good. Okay. Yeah, that's it for me, Dan. All right. Yibata is reporting we're three years out from Elder Scrolls Six. Okay. Yeah. But who knows? And who's ever heard of Yibata? Is that a publication? Yeah. Okay. 2019. 2019, <laughs> huh? Okay, so I'm reading a, a report on the Christian Times about a report on Yibata. Christian so. Mingle. We're we're way down in the rabbit hole here, and yeah. uh, apparently, uh, Elder Scrolls Six Argonia is set to release in 2019. That sounds like an April. F- was it released on April 1st this year? 
April 28th, Dan. Okay. I was going to say, that sounds like an April Fool's joke. Yeah. Ar- Argonia would be a cool spot, though. I'd be in. Yeah. I mean, they could put it in freaking Newark Valley. Yeah, they could put it in a desert and I'd be in. There's, I'm sure there's a desert in one of the land masses of Tamriel. All right. Black, uh, Black Marsh. The Black Marsh. Yeah. That's a marsh, not a desert. I know. That's why I said it. Oh. Uh, Star Wars Shadows of the Empire is now available on GOG.com. The formerly Nintendo 64 exclusive will cost five ninety nine, dollars uh, but it's currently available uh, for its launch week at 20% off, four seventy nine. So Nice. You guys remember Shadows of the Empire? No. It's a Nintendo 64 one with a uh, game with Dash Rendar. Well, I'm, sh- one, I'm I'm sure you, I played it at Graham's. We never we never owned it, but uh, we spent many. It was a very difficult game. We spent many many an hour playing Star Wars: Shadows of the Empire. You'll probably recognize it when you see it. I really need uh, a Star Wars game to play right now. That's why I asked you about the Force Unleashed. Yeah, it's not bad because they're available on uh, backwards compatibility on Xbox now. Oh, okay, yeah, and they're only five bucks. It's Eric, you want to play the Old Republic together? It's worth it. Yes. <laughs> can we? Yeah, we can. It's free to play now, isn't it? Yeah, it's free to play. Oh, 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 I was thinking of MMORPG. something else. Oh, I was thinking of Knights of the Old Republic. You should play that, though. That's the one? Mm-hmm. Will, that, will, it, will it just run on my computer? Yeah, it should. I won't, just ha- I won't have to fuck around with it? I don't think so. I can't remember if I had to do anything. Didn't they do a remaster, too? What's this now? Isn't there a remaster? Knights of the Old Republic. Uh, KOTOR. There's a fan-made remaster, actually. Yeah. Will's right. Yeah. And I don't think it's done yet. But yeah, I don't see any reason why it shouldn't just... Because it was was out on PC when it came out, so... Okay. I played it it last year. Yeah. Did it hold up? Yes. It was awesome. Okay. Maybe I will. It's a good game. Also available on mobile. I don't think Battlefront will really scratch the itch. Well, what's our other options? It is May the 4th. Maybe we should go over that. Oh, it's a funny story. I went out to lunch today, and there was a table of people dressed as Star Wars characters. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I forgot to mention it is May the 4th. Uh, Eric, maybe uh, maybe we start a Star Wars Rebels podcast. Getting into it, man. <laughs> Getting into it. Incidentally, as soon as my Audible subscription uh, cycles this month, I'm going to get another one of the audiobooks. Isn't there a Star Wars CCG? Yeah. I played it many moons ago. Guess which one of our friends had it? Graham. G- GG? Yep. GG. Yep. <laughs> Uh, also in Star Wars games news, EA has announced that Titanfall developer Respawn is working on a third-person Star Wars game. There's not a lot of news on it now, other than they uh, they made sure they put a team of industry vets working on it. Uh, they also made it clear that they would respect the legacy of Star, Star Wars at all times with the game. So We shall see. Star Wars 1313, reborn. That's what a lot of people were asking for. Thirteen, thirteen. That game looked awesome. Sure did. Yeah, it did. 
So how about Star Wars pinball? No, not Star Wars pinball. Oh God! Uh, People so, really like Star Wars pinball, Dan. You said you don't have any nibble bits, right, Eric? Uh, no, Dan. Okay. Um, how's your week, Eric? Good. Uh, let's see. This is my last week driving to Richmond for work. Um, so it'll be nice not having to do that every day. Mm-hmm. Although I have, I kind of enjoyed it. Uh, because I got to, f- I finished Star Wars Lords of the Sith, the audiobook. Um, it was really good. The ending, I, I don't feel like anything like crazy happened towards the end, but, uh, it was really good. And, and you know what? I got, I saw a different side of, uh, Darth Vader in it, hmm. which was kind of interesting. Nice. I uh, got to know him and Senator Palpatine a little bit more, which was cool. Uh-huh. Um, really, really pulling me into the Star Wars universe, and I'm I'm looking forward to my next audiobook from that. Um, and Dan, you reminded me that I I, I did want to bring up the Leicester City Championship yeah. in the English Premier League. Mm-hmm. Um, that team has been around for I think it's it's over 130 years, and this is obviously their first title. They were almost relegated last year to the championship division, which is the next division down. Um, and I, I saw some people were tweeting, uh, I think it was yesterday, uh, one of the, they call them pundits over in England, uh, one of the sports analysts mm-hmm. predicted them to come in dead last this year. That's where that team was at going into the season. 5,000 to one odds to win the league this year uh, against teams like, Manchester United, Manchester City, Chelsea, Liverpool, Arsenal, Tottenham. Like, you're talking about the biggest teams in England. And this team that's like, it comes out of nowhere. And they made a couple of acquisitions in the offseason, but nothing that you would have been like, yeah, that's that's going to win them the championship. You would have never, ever said that. Um, well, so what went this, right for them? Well, the thing about Leicester is the way that they play, it's it's not the most appealing form of soccer to watch. They What they do is they kind of let the other team have possession a lot of the time, and they look to, to go on the counterattack a lot, and they play a lot of long balls over the top. Uh, their striker's name is Jamie Vardy. He's a piece of shit. I really <laughs> don't like him at all, but... <laughs> He scored. He won Player of the Year this year uh, in the Premier League. I believe he won Player of the Year. It was either him or Mares. He plays for Leicester too. But uh, so he he would use his speed a lot uh, over the top, and that that's how they scored a lot of their goals. Um, but they just play very well as a team, and they play really good team defense. And they signed a defensive midfielder in the off season. Who's his name is? His last name's Conte. Um, he's a French guy and he's just really, really good at intercepting the ball and taking it back from the other team and quickly starting a counterattack. And that's just how they play. They, 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 what they call is they absorb the, the pressure that the other team is putting on. They win the ball back and they counter fast and that's just what they do. And they did it very, very well all year, which is the amazing thing. Cause there's been teams like Hull city, for instance, who's, who's a smaller team, uh, who I believe was near the top of the table last season around Christmas time. But these teams always fall apart. Like, they don't have any experience under the, in the spotlight. They don't have any players that have been there before to handle the pressure. They don't have the talent to, to keep up with the other teams. 
And this is the first time that Leicester, like Leicester, at least, and you know, I haven't been paying attention to soccer for all that long, but like, I can't imagine, I was trying to think of something to compare it to. And and in something that you guys would would more be able to relate to as far as like hockey would go or football, but like there's nothing to really compare it to because I guess the closest thing would be like an AHL team. Yeah, coming into the NHL and coming in with with a couple of guys who are, who who would be looked at as decent coming into the season, but you wouldn't have looked at this roster going into the season and been like, oh, they've got three superstars on that team. Uh, they just play so well as a team. Like that's that's basically it. They try harder than everybody else. They've got a really good coach, uh, who the players love, and they played hard for them. So basically, uh, at least in the past, that was Nashville Predators to a T. That's what exactly what they did. Uh, they didn't have the talent to match up with other teams, but they they played really well defensively, really well as a team, and that's how they. We're competitive. This year is a little different. We have some talent on our team, but that's that's what yeah. that's why I ended up liking them. One of the biggest things for them that happened this year too, minimal injuries, right? Because they do not have a deep team. Yeah, and that's that's going to be their challenge next year because the top four teams in the Premier League cha- uh, qualify for the Champions League, and you qualify f- for that. So you're now playing in the Premier League, the Champions League, the FA Cup tournament, and the there's another lower cup that they play for. So you're talking about four separate tournaments and everybody wants to win the champions league. Like that's the, the pinnacle. So you have to be able to have a full squad to rotate players through to keep them, them healthy, keep right. them energized, things like that. So that's going to be the challenge for them. And their coach already came out and said their goal next year is to finish in the top 10. Nice. So like that's, that's how crazy it is when the coach is already saying our goal next year is not to defend our title. Yeah. It's to finish in the top, top 10. 10. How many teams are there? 16, I think. 16. Yeah. Wow. 16. It's absurd that they won. I'm really, really happy that they won. Like, super happy. Yeah, that's cool. I, I like when stuff imagine, like that happens. Yeah, I saw, I saw a couple of clips from bars um, in Leicester. Um, just the people going nuts. And the, the Arlo White, who's the main commentator for NBC Sports... He's actually from Leicester. I cannot commend that guy enough for um, not ever appearing to take Leicester's side in any of the games that he broadcasts. Like, I wouldn't have been able to do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I he gets excited when anybody plays and there's a goal scored. But, like, I was watching a few weeks ago. Uh, it was a game against West Ham, and there were a lot of really controversial calls in that game. Uh, a Leicester player got a red card. It was Vardy, the guy that I said I didn't like. He got a red card and was like, he actually got an extra game suspension because of the way he treated the referee when he got kicked out of the game. But he never once showed any uh, allegiance to Leicester anything like that. I was just really, really impressed with with him, and and that made me want Leicester to win even more uh-huh. and they prevented tottenham from winning which is arsenal's biggest rival so fuck <laughs> tottenham right yeah nice but yeah I, the whole story is fantastic I, yeah. I really it's it's right up there with like any other sports underdog story maybe even above any other underdog story honestly That's good stuff crazy crazy stuff how are they gonna fare in the champions tournament it's gonna be ugly <laughs> 
I just can't imagine. It's still hard for me to believe that they were able to do it. Like, I can't imagine them going up against a team like Barcelona. Oh. <laughs> like, when Arsenal, my favorite team, plays Barcelona, I, I already am like, well, you know, hopefully we keep it close, you know? And Arsenal's got a team full of international players who play for their country, some superstars. Leicester has a few guys like that, but nothing nothing close. Like, I just, it's incredible that they were able to do it. Yeah. Good for them, then. Oh, it's great. It's a great story. Nice. Great stuff. Yep. I'm, I'm happy I was... Uh, a soccer fan at this time to be able to to watch it happen. The only shitty thing, and and I am willing to admit this, it was very anticlimactic because basically they played over the weekend. I think on Sunday, and had they played against Manchester United. Had they beat Manchester United that day, they would have outwardly won the title that day. But they tied them, which meant that Tottenham, who played the next day on Monday against Chelsea. If Tottenham didn't win their game, Leicester was guaranteed the title. And that that was actually the more exciting game because Chelsea tied the game in the 84th minute on a fucking beautiful goal, like ridiculous shot. And that's what won Leicester the title. But like Leicester wasn't even out there playing right, yeah. or anything like that. Um, so there was videos that they showed. They had a party at that, that guy, Jamie Vardy's house. The whole team was there um, watching the game. And they were going nuts, um, but it was pretty cool to see that. But it was a, a bit anticlimactic. You do wish that maybe it had gone to this weekend and they would have won it at home. But, right. you know, I'm just happy they won. Yeah, that's awesome. Yep. Okay. We can move on from soccer now. Arsenal sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, man. Yeah, whatever. Maybe next year, huh? Yeah. All right. What do you got, Corey? Oh, let's see here. I watched uh, a couple movies I've been meaning to watch for a long time. One of them being the Speed Racer movie. All right. <laughs> it's want, really good. I was going to say, I wanted to see it when it when it came out. I just never never did. The it's live of, action movie, right? Yep. It's one of those movies that was panned by critics, uh, but has sort of attained a cult status as of late. And I've always been a big Emile Hirsch fan. Uh, ever since The Girl Next Door and Into the Wild. And he does a, a compelling uh, a speed racer. The acting is good. It's I could see why people wouldn't like it, but if you sort of acknowledge the fact... It's the Wachowski brothers that did it. Um, you kind of acknowledge the fact that it's a cartoon Made that movie. they are... Yeah, that they are adapting into live action. Uh-huh. Uh I think it really stands out. Like they did a really good job of, of bridging that gap and still kind of paying homage to, to the cartoon. Um, and the best way they do that is with the colors. Like it's just the, the contrasting colors in the movie are, are so good. The races are fantastic. It's awesome. Uh, it's just a lot of fun to watch. And I, I was really impressed with it. So, if you get a chance, watch the Speed Racer movie. I think it came out in 2008. Where can we watch it? Uh, you can connect to my Plex and oh. watch it if you'd like. Yeah. I can set that up for you. Hey, Corey, just side note, the, the uh, stream crashed. It did? Oh, yeah. 
Of course. Uh, it says we're still live. OBS. Savage says he doesn't see anything. Huh. But keep going. It's it's yeah. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it did actually. We're almost uh, to a break. Crash, but yeah. Uh, I also watched Print the Legend on Netflix, which is the documentary about 3D printers, the business of 3D printers, which is really good. Uh, I wasn't find this shit. I don't know. Like I listen to a ton of podcasts and read a ton of articles, and people recommend stuff, and then I just like put it. I have. I have a bunch of categories in my note app on my phone, like what to watch, what to play, uh, what to listen to, what to eat. Uh, and then just when I have time, I just look at, I consult those lists and, and try to go back and, and watch that stuff or play it or whatever it happens to be. Um, so yeah, that it was, it was really good. Uh, I don't really care for the narrative they tried to spin. Like there's this one 3d printing company called mm, starts with an M can't think of the name of it now. Memorex. Monster Box. Mombox. I guess it doesn't matter, but they tried to make the one guy into like a Steve Jobs type character. And there was one guy who didn't like him because he fired him and he called him an asshole. And the guy seemed really nice and genuine and nerdy. And I don't know. They tried to we. And then there was like the, the indie 3D printing company that had success without selling out kind of thing. And it's like, well, I mean, it's a nice story to tell and it makes for a great documentary, but in reality, like there's so much more nuance that goes into that stuff. And any layman watching it can kind of understand that. Uh, But it is kind of fascinating. The, the revolution of 3d printing and they focused a lot on that one guy from Texas who is doing his best to get 3d printed guns into the hands of people that want them which is a really interesting aspect. And I guess they were going to convict him for pushing uh, arms. What's the, there's like a a charge for that, for pushing arms internationally to a foreign country Uh, just because he was uploading blueprints for 3d printed guns onto 3d printing blueprint websites. Hmm. So I don't know, uh, but it's a really good documentary nonetheless, and I, I do recommend it because 3D printing is going to be huge. Yeah, I would love to have a 3D printer, actually. You can get them for, like, 600 bucks now? If I had an extra 600 bucks, I would not buy a 3D printer. <laughs> PC? Yeah, it would probably go into my computer, but I use my computer all the time, so it wouldn't be a big deal. Fair enough. Whereas a 3D printer, I would t- I would play, tinker with, you know, and use it on occasion to make something. Yeah. But uh, the only other thing I want to talk about, I was all set to go to the dentist this week for the first time in ninety the nineties, uh, and I was looking all over for my dental insurance card and I couldn't find it. So I called the union, which handles all my benefits. And I was like, hey, I can't find my dental insurance card. Uh, Can you just give me the information? Because I'm about to go to the dentist. It was that morning that I was going to go. And they're like, oh, yeah, I can look up all your information here. And they're like, oh, your dental benefits don't actually go into effect until July. And I'm like, you know, one of those information that would have been useful to me yesterday kind of thing. And she's like, yeah, sorry about that. And I'm like, all right, well, I guess I'll go back in July. And she's like, oh, and by the way, when you go in July, it only covers basic cleanings and basic fillings, nothing else. Oh. And I was like, 
okay, again, you know, information that would have been more useful to me yesterday. Uh, and then she's like, but, you know, in, in January of 2017 is when the whole thing goes into effect. And you can, you know, you have your full benefits at that point. And I was just thinking to myself, like, if I didn't make that phone call, how would I have known any of that? Yeah. You wouldn't. It's bullshit. Uh, not, it is. not until you got your bill. Well, yeah. You know, you file the claim and then they send it back to you, 0% coverage. And then it's like, oh, great kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and it just made me like it reinforced my opinion that everybody needs like a life coach to handle all that shit to keep up with, like all your paperwork, all your financial stuff. Like, here's the problem, Corey. My wife and I talk about this all the time is that nothing useful is taught in school as you're growing up. It's yeah. very true. They teach you literally nothing about how to live life and be a fucking human being. Yeah. And we wonder why nobody on earth knows how to be a fucking human being. Yeah, because yeah. if you don't get That's that why. if you don't get that from your parents, you don't get it from anywhere. Which let's be honest, Dan. Parents are dropping few the ball. People are getting that from their yeah. parents. And and maybe part of that is because their parents didn't learn a goddamn thing when they were growing up either. Yeah. yeah. So it's uh I could go on for hours about that. It's sucky, and it also plays into my it's really expensive being poor thing because, you know, wealthy people <laughs> can afford life coaches and that kind of thing. You know, they have their own accountants, their own uh, lawyers, their own, you know, person managing their health care, you know, personal assistants and stuff like that. Uh, whereas... I just married mine. <laughs> there you go. But, uh, you know, poor people uh, like myself do not have any of that, and it, it's like a full-time job just figuring it all, all out on your own. Yeah, it's hard being an adult sometimes. <sighs> you want to start a social program? Start the life coach social program. Yeah, dude. No. Uh, also, Corey, you guys are right. That sort of stuff should be at least touched upon in school. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Never home mind. and careers. Yeah. They remember they oh, showed yeah. us how to write a check. Yeah, I remember when I sewed a fucking pig together. <laughs> That's the kind really? of stuff you should be learning in in home and careers. More emphasis on shop and home and careers. Less emphasis on everything else. Oh, you can't call it shop anymore. Isn't there a more probably PC term? Yeah, tech ed. <laughs> tech ed. Oh yeah, yeah. But anyway, uh, that's you know that's been it. Okay, what do you got, Will? Yeah, nothing of interest. Okay, uh, I got a couple things. Uh, first I wanted to, I finally make the announcement on the, the podcast. Me and my wife are expecting our third child. Yay. Thank you. Uh, I mean, you guys have known for a while, uh, but we found out it was either the day of or the day before Eric's wedding. Oh, was it? Yeah, it was. I want to say the day before I, my wife says the day of, but I want to say it was the day before, but that that's when we found out. Which is weird because we were both like really ill that entire month from like mid January to mid February. Yeah. So you know, there's that. Uh, but well, that's you did good work, Dan. Thank you. <laughs> but that's <laughs> that's part of the reason why we ended up getting a new car when we did. Uh, we wanted to have enough room for the for the third child. Uh, she's due in October, so. Uh, you know, at that point, you're gonna find out what you're having. Oh yeah, I don't like surprises. Um, even though we have one of each at this point, I still want to know so I can plan ahead. Also, you know, trying to figure out a name rather than because we have a hard, hard enough time picking out the names for our 
two kids that we, that we've had. Uh, if we had to pick one for male and one for female, uh, that would just be an extra battle that we didn't. I need. got a name for you. What's Will that? and I are uh, setting up a pool. Yep. A pool. Yep. I like it. Wool. Corey, you want in on that? Cor and wool. <laughs> It'll be Corey Wool if it's a male. <laughs> Corey first name Will middle name. You ever thought about taking some video game uh, inspiration? Yeah, Ooh. actually, actually, I have. Linky poo. I I suggested Morrigan. <laughs> Shepherd. So it's a lady. I don't know. I don't know. We haven't found out yet. We found out. We find out at the beginning of June. Oh, it hasn't developed its parts. I uh, the last time she had an <laughs> the last time she had an ultrasound, it was too early to be able to see anything. Mm. So, but yeah, well, that's exciting, Dan. Yeah, did you tell the children understand? I uh, probably yeah. Max knows what's going on. My daughter's still a little too young to yeah. to know what's going on, but yeah, it'll be fun. Family so what three. What do you think, Dan? Quitting at three or? That's the plan. Yeah. I mean, I can't say we're not going to have four because you never know, but the plan is three and done. Three and done. Three and done. So. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so there's that. Uh, Predators finally showed up. Uh, I shouldn't say showed up. They've pretty played pretty well. They just haven't been able to score goals. Um, but they finally opened up four goals on uh, San Jose the other night. Because so. they benched Rivera. <laughs> yeah, he well, he was been terrible most of the playoffs. So, uh, who's, who's second line center now as a Fisher? Yeah, Fisher moved up to play with uh, Wilson and or not, I'm sorry, Smith and Forsberg. Gotcha. Uh, but yeah, uh, I'm I'm hoping for another positive outcome in Game Four. We can uh, tie the series and see see where it goes from there. But really, Put like pucks on that and play your game, right? What's that? Put pucks on that and play your game. Put pucks on that player game. Yep. Uh, I, I'm just glad to see that the you know the a lot of people thought the Sharks would just you know mop, mop the floor with Nashville, but uh, really the only time San Jose outplayed Nashville was the third period of the first game. Um, even in the second game, like Nashville largely outplayed them; they just couldn't score any goals. I don't know what it is, but Nashville gets like disrespected by everybody all the time, and I don't know why. They're not flashy. No, they're not. They're not sexy. They don't have a tinted visor guy. They don't have a tinted right. visor guy. Um, but yeah, it's it's. I I at least want to see a good series. Like I ultimately think San Jose will probably win, but no, uh, as, as long as we can, uh, you know, scare them a little bit. Put a good showing. Yeah. So, just don't pull the Rangers. Whatever they do, and do what collapse oh yeah the third period of the first game they collapsed pretty hard but san jose had also had a week of rest and nashville had just played their game seven two days before so hey did they announce rookie of the year yet no the candidates but not the okay it'll probably be panarin i'll flip i think it should go to go gosses gosses beer is that how you say I his would... name? That's where I... you'd be wrong, Dan. No, that's who I would pick. You would pick Jack Eichel. <laughs> no, I mean a lot. Of the, there's been uh, some controversy because Panarin has played professionally in the KHL, right. 
Uh, he's 24. He's much older than some of the other rookies. Um, so a lot of people were like, you know, does that mean he's not going to get picked for rookie of the year? But uh, he, he was almost a well, he was almost a unanimous pick from like coaches and mm-hmm. and. Um, I think that coupled people. with the fact that he was on a line with the NHL's leading point scorer. Well, sure, but you know the rules are the way the rules are is he's a rookie in the NHL. You know, if he had been 25 when he came into the NHL, then he wouldn't be considered a rookie. And until the rules yeah. change, like he's still. Considered I just think a if I'm if I'm voting, that those two things play into it pretty heavily. Sure, absolutely, it would for me too. Who would you pick, Corey? I like the Gossett's bear pick. Yeah. Not pick. as much as you like the Eichel pick. <laughs> they no, but what, what, Ga- what Goss's beer was able to do as a rookie defenseman is unbelievable. Oh, it's insane. And but... he'll drop off like Myers and be a piece of shit in a couple years. <laughs> I listened to uh, an analytics podcast today, and they said, how do you not pick the player who averaged more than one point a game and was in the top five for possession in the league? Because he's too soft. Who's that? McDavid. He's a big pussy. Just like Corey said. We all would have broken our collarbones and more if that happened. Remember when he broke his hand because he punched the glass or something? No, yeah, he was in a, he was in a fight. What a big dumb idiot. At least he fights. Eichel hasn't fought. Eichel would kick his sorry ass. No, he wouldn't. Because he's soft. He's like a lady out there. You've got the Buffalo Homer glasses on. You're goddamn right I do. <laughs> I got the blue and gold tint just shining <laughs> off of these glasses. Well, it doesn't matter because Eichel's closer to a championship anyway. Exactly, <laughs> and that's what matters. Who were the You're can- not going to get it? Who were the candidates? Will for rookie of the year? McDavid, Panera, and Gossis Bear. Okay, Eichel didn't even get nominated. He got fourth. I'm never watching hockey again. So it'll it'll, it'll probably be Panarin. I can't imagine a scenario where it wouldn't be Panarin. You know, the I, the biggest thing. Is the sample size, I guess. And that Panarin played almost every game. Yeah. McDavid and Goss's pair didn't. Right. McDavid played 40. Yeah, because Goss. And he played 50 something. Yeah, Goss's beer was a call up, wasn't he? Yep. Yep. Well, he's the reason the Flyers got in the playoffs. Exactly. Yep. Was he an offensive defenseman? Yeah. He had like 16 goals and four, 35 assists or something like that. Did yeah. he end up setting the point streak record for a rookie? I think yeah, so. Yeah, it was like 20-some straight games with a point. That's impressive. Yeah, right? Okay. Do we want to take a potty break? Yep. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a quick potty break and be back with what we played in just a moment. Welcome back, everybody. Episode 250 of the Thumbstick Athletes Podcast. We are now in what we played. Um... Let's talk about Overwatch, shall we? All right. I, I really want to talk about Overwatch. I've been wanting to play it forever. I finally got a chance. Uh, but I'm going to start with Corey. I want to hear Corey's thoughts on Overwatch first. Uh, yeah, his dumb thoughts on Yeah, I, I actually watched most of Corey's Twitch stream of Corey's, Corey's first try at Overwatch. Corey's first time. Corey's first time at Overwatch. Uh, so I'm, I, I'd be interested to hear Corey's thoughts on Overwatch. Um... I thought it was fine. Mm-hmm. I, I it's it's hard for me to judge. I like to give games the benefit of the doubt and and give them their fair shake, which I do not feel like I did with Overwatch yet. 
considering I've only played two matches yeah. and uh, some some skirmish stuff. So take everything I say with a grain of salt. Uh, I think it's fine. It, it, it's fine as a shooter. Uh, it plays. It reminds me a lot of Team Fortress, a game I didn't care for, because uh, it just felt like a very well-designed competitive shooter. And if there's one thing you know about me, it's how little I like competitive shooters. My favorite shooters of the last few years were Bioshock Infinite mm-hmm. and the Metro games. Yeah. Uh, beyond that, th- sprinkling a little Borderlands here and there, but none That's of that not, is competitive. I was going to say, Borderlands is not really competitive. <clears throat> the others I have, are definitely not. Yep, exactly. I have very little interest in the Battlefields, very little interest in the Call of Duties. Very, I mean, I'll, I'll play Halo, but a lot of that just comes from the fact that we played the shit out of the first Halo and it's just kind of ingrained in my DNA. Uh, but even like it didn't grab me because I would say the same thing about MOBAs before Heroes of the Storm, but Heroes of the Storm grabbed me unlike Overwatch. Yeah. And I'm not sure why. I can tell you exactly why. Let's hear it. The thing with Overwatch is you really have to find a character, at least when you're learning the game, you have to find a character that matches your play style. Okay. So you picking Widowmaker, the sniper. Is there there a play style that allows me to enter turn-based combat? No, but I'm I'm just saying your your choice of a sniper coupled with playing with a controller was probably not the best choice. But I did pretty well. You did okay. I had 11 kills in the second match. No, I know. I'm just saying. If well, you... I tried. Who did I try first, Will? I think Zenyatta. I, I had no fun with the the Reaper. Yeah. Reaper's awesome. Are you crazy? I'm not saying he's not awesome. I'm just saying I had no fun <laughs> with him. <laughs> it may just be a game that you didn't like, but I was kind of in the same boat as you, Corey, when I first started. Uh, until I both learned the game a little bit and and found a couple characters that I got decent with uh, that that kind of matched my play style, that's when I really started having an awesome time with Overwatch. Mm. Uh, yeah, okay, yeah. Like I said, you know, I gotta I gotta play it a little bit more. I'm not giving up on it, but even uh, presentation wise, I found it very uninteresting. What the that's fuck? That's interesting to me. Wow! I thought that, like the Hollywood the, the the Hollywood level was like a cool idea. Uh, granted, I didn't even get to play on it. I just did a skirmish on it. So before you guys attack me, remember I only played two matches. Take yeah. everything I say with a grain of salt. Sure. Uh, I just even like Blizzard is very good at polishing things, but I think it's to a point where polish overtakes style, and I don't feel like. Overwatch has a ton of style. It has, I, it has, it has the I Blizzard. I can't even see that in the slightest. I, yeah. Don't get me wrong. It has the Blizzard style, which we've seen over and over again in all of its across all of its games. But I feel like that, like polished look, kind of overtakes, uh, 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 like purposeful aesthetic. I gotta I just a hundred percent disagree. Yeah, that's fine. Uh. We don't, we don't have to agree on 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 everything. So are you are you talking graphic style or like yeah, like art style? style of the game? You didn't you didn't find like the the character models and all that like charming at all and like no what they it went did, for, just the did gym. nothing for you. Nope. That's wow. Huh. 
It's just not your game. Yeah, it must be. I think that's going to be it. Uh, we'll see. Uh, I'll play it more. I'm not giving up on it. Are you playing tonight? Want you to. I might. But, like, I don't like playing with mouse and keyboard. So there's a big strike against me for an online shooter. There is characters that you can play as that I, I think you'll have more success with playing with a controller. Because there's, like, like one of the characters that I use it a lot uh, called Farah. She shoots, like, uh, she's got, like, a six-shooter that shoots rockets, uh, which do a decent amount of splash damage. So, you know, you can use someone like that. Um, Reinhardt, I think, would be an okay character to play with a controller. Uh, cause he's got one, like you guys are talking about, he's got one job. It's pretty to simple. P- put up a shield, uh, occasionally swing your hammer when people get near you. Um, and dash at somebody. If dash at somebody. I think that would be an okay character to play as. Um, yeah. Well, let me, let me turn around on you guys because sure. like a game, like the division, like the divisions presentation I thought was really good. The user interface was really awesome. It, it felt new and, and creative. Uh, like, what is it you guys love about Overwatch's style? I, I mean, know. for it, starters, the different characters. I mean, love all, all the characters. Yeah, the, all the like all the characters are so different. And like, oh, that, 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 that's not what I'm asking. Like, that's gameplay stuff. That's mechanics. I'm talking no, about like, like stylistically. Oh, I think it looks awesome. Like I yeah. like all the environments. I like I like the the graphics, the the art style of it. Colors, I think, uh, cool and colorful. Yep. Yeah, and I mean, you you see the other characters while you're playing too. So I think that does come into. I like the design of each of the characters as you're running around. I think they all look really neat. When what um, they say to you and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, the the voice lines uh, that you can unlock. Um, yeah, and like Will was saying, what they say to you. Like when we were playing the other night. Uh, just being in the environment, and I, I did something with Reinhardt. I think I got a kill. Yeah, I pinned somebody, and Will's character goes, nice job, Reinhardt. And I yeah. was like, yeah, fuck yeah, Tracer. <laughs> yeah, they do like, They do talk to each other when you're near someone. Which is awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I I think it looks really appealing. Yeah. I don't know. I'm with you. And, like, the, even as far as, like, the attacks. Uh, I played, um, so I've been playing the the weekly mode or whatever the hell it is. And what that is, is uh, random heroes after each death. And I did that to become more familiar with some of the different heroes. Uh, so one of the ones that I ended up using was Lucio, who he's, I fucking hate. He's, he's, he's super he's, cool, but he's so hard to play. He's terrible. I hated using him, but his attacks look really interesting. Yeah, they send out like a sound wave, which looks really cool. It's just like these green waves, um, and like the way he talks and, and his abilities and things like that, and and the visuals on the screen when you're using him are really cool. Mm. Same with like a guy like Junkrat. Like, I like the design of his character. He reminds me very much of the Joker. Um, but like when you see him coming at you in his uh, wheel form when he uses his ultimate attack. Like I think the design of that is really cool too. Yeah. You know who I ended up uh, starting to use and really liking is Diva. Doctor yeah. Va. Doctor <laughs> Va. Yeah. Uh, I had a lot of success with Diva. Uh, I kind of just picked her a couple times. Uh, actually, in the in the training thing, I, I tried all the characters just to see what their moves were and stuff like that. Um, but I tried Diva because our team need, needed a tank. Uh, and I got got used to Diva. I'm pretty happy with Diva because um, she's a little more mobile of a tank, more mobile than like Reinhardt. 
Um, what are you talking about? Dan Reinhardt's a speed <laughs> demon. Yeah, because she's she's got uh, rockets. Like, so she she's a, a character that's in a mech. So, uh, you know, we were attacking the objective. We needed to, you know, do the king of the hill point or whatever. Uh, and we were all like, we couldn't penetrate the defenses. So me being a more mobile tank, I went up on one of the sides and like attack the attack the sniper, and uh, you know cleared out cleared out one edge so our our team could get in there. But uh, yeah, she's she's cool because uh, she's like I said, can fly a little bit. Uh, she's got a little shield that she can come up to or bring up for a few seconds to block damage. Uh, but her ultimate is really cool. It, it, she jumps out of her mech and it detonates and causes a huge explosion. So if you can get a cluster of people and you can fly in, drop off your mech and bounce out real quick, you can blow up everyone if they're in the in a close enough vicinity. And you know what I like a lot about Overwatch, and and it's something that I know a lot of these kind of games have, but I've never noticed it as easily as I have in Overwatch. Is there are characters that counter very well to a lot of the different things. Mm -hmm. And I think it stands out a lot more in Overwatch than for me, at least than it has in other games. Like when I play heroes of the storm or something, I don't know who to use to counter other people. But like, as soon as you said that, Dan, um, Reinhardt, for instance, is a good counter to that because Mm -hmm. he can, he can charge, not, not the shield. Oh, he can actually charge that explosion Mm -hmm. and take it across the map. Oh yeah, take yeah. it away from and the team, which I did once. Oh, the second cool. time I missed it, and it blew our entire team up, and we lost. <laughs> but uh, like a guy like Bastion, for instance, uh, Roadhog is really good for him because he can pull the, the yep. turret towards him and just fuck it up. Reinhardt is very good for him, but you can you can start thinking of all these different people that can counter, and it's it's just a really well designed game. Yeah, I had well some balanced. Su- I had some part. success with success with Bastion too. Um, Bastion is I fucking hate Bastion. a bastard. If you're trying to attack something, Bastion is a bastard. Yeah, if you're if you're doing one of the like zone control maps, mm-hmm. and Bastion just sets up that stupid turret in the corner. Yep. Oh, that's frustrating. Yes, it I sort of figured out a way I can stop like him and Widowmaker. I like Widowmaker. See, because I play Tracer, so I can just zip around the map really easily, so I can get right behind him and. Like take them out before they know that I'm there. Yeah, Tracer. I think May is a decent counter to Bastion too because she can just freeze them. Freeze, yeah. May May is actually one of my favorite characters. I really like May. I haven't used her yet, but I don't like playing against her. No, I can tell yes. you that. She's don't tough. like being frozen. My my favorite characters that I've used are um, there's actually only been one that I've used that I didn't like, but I like McCree a lot. Reinhardt is my favorite tank. I like playing with Mercy. I've liked Farah. I've gotten a lot better with Farah since the first time we played. Better better with my accuracy and Farah has that charge bolt that bounces everyone off of it too. Or off of I use that to blast people off edges and stuff. So fun. You know what my favorite part about Overwatch is, Corey? What's that? It's just like Rocket League. Quick and fun. Mm-hmm. And that's what I want right now. Yep. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, I will have to say one bad thing about Overwatch. They need to work on the matchmaking a little bit. It takes a yep. little too long a lot of times to find a match. I think Especially I, in a big group. Yeah, the, the bigger the group that you have, uh, the longer it takes, which is weird. 
I would think if you have a group of four people that it only needs to find like two singles to pair with you. I don't know why it takes so long, but I've been in. We had a. Go ahead. Go ahead. We had a full group yesterday of five. Mm-hmm. Couldn't get in a match. Yeah. That also soured my taste quite a bit. Oh, yeah. Sure. Um, I've been in the skirmish mode for like 10 minutes before I got into a match, which at least you're allowed to like fight. I'll use that time to try out a new character against other players. So that's yeah. that's what that's helpful for. But still, like I would rather be focused on, on a match, you know. But usually what I've found happens is the other team all quits out and then you're just running around. Yep. Nothing. <laughs> yeah, that happened to me too. Yeah. But, but Corey, if that had been my first experience, I probably wouldn't have been thrilled either. Yeah. I gotta I gotta give it more time. Just it's just I mean, I'm competitive shooters are just not I just don't like them. I just yeah. don't have yeah, fun. We, you know, we knew that going in. I'm not either, but I think this is the only one I need. This is the only competitive shooter I need. Dan, I, Titanfall two. I'm You're not, Titanfall's biggest fan. I'm not gonna I I'm not gonna on play Titanfall two. At the very least. Yeah, not on this podcast at the very least. <laughs> But I think this is it. Like this is all I need. I don't need to buy. I don't need to buy I Titanfall. Can totally see that. I just I I need more than than what Overwatch is offering for for me to enjoy a competitive shooter. You know, it's like the you guys. You know, you're you're singing its praises in terms of uh, gameplay and mechanics, and that's all fine. But because I don't like all that stuff, I want something else, and I don't know what else is in there. Well, I would like simplicity too. Well, that's that's part of my issue. Is is you know. It's simple, and if you like good shooters, then great, but I don't, so, like, give me it's something else. It's easy to play, difficult to master, which, same thing with Rocket League. Like, you can jump in and play, but you're not going to be spectacular, but you, I feel like you can still have fun with it. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, each character has, what, three or four abilities? You don't You don't have, like, 16 things to think about, which, at my age, an energy level is fantastic. Yeah. I actually, I, I wanted to talk briefly too about the comparison to Battleborn because it's kind of similar. Uh, Battleborn being more MOBA like, obviously, than uh, I, I guess these games are hero shooters. Is that what you'd call them? Yeah. So it'd be like this, this one, one for sure. Battleborn Battle, similar. Battleborn's like Smite, right? That's yeah. That's yeah. that's more MOBA MOBA like. Um, okay. But uh, then one of the things I like about uh, Overwatch, as opposed to a game like Battleborn, is uh, you know Battleborn being mobile-like, it's going to have a lot more strategy, um, a lot more uh, specific roles that you need to play in a team. Whereas this one, uh, you know, once you get your team set, then you just kind of freaking go slug it out, you know. Uh, and another thing I like is if things are not going well, you can switch your character. Yep. It's great. Good match, which is awesome. Yep. Um, if you're not having any success, you can try to get a new character to uh, try and change things up a little bit. Or if you're, you know, the match is gone or whatever, and you want to practice as another character, you can just switch characters on the fly and, yeah, go at it. But yeah, I love Overwatch so far. Very Me happy too, with man. it. Me too. It's all I need is Rocket League and Overwatch. That's it. <laughs> Now yeah. I want to play. I'm so satisfied. Like I said, I'm set for competitive shooters. It's probably the only one I'll I'll play now. I feel like I'm missing something. I think you are. No, Corey, I, I completely understand. I, I really do. I did not have any expectation for you to like that game. As much as I like it, I did never once I think, man, Corey's going to love this game. Well, so, okay, I don't like competitive shooters, but you know what uh, strike number two is? What? The fact that all three of you like it. <laughs> Yeah, so oh, yeah, that's, that, 
kiss of death. Corey's automatically going to hate it now. <laughs> no, it's I like just... if Will and Corey like a game, I'm probably going to hate it. <laughs> so I'm going to yeah. be looking for things to bitch about. <laughs> I totally understand. It's fair enough. I have game to learn sucks. how to manipulate this. Corey, I barely like it now that you said that. <laughs> you know what? Screw it. I'm never playing it again. <laughs> I want, I'm canceling my order. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's over. Savage into it. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, we did. I mean the the beta right now is is open, so at least give it a shot. Uh, it's open from now until the ninth, which I, is next Monday or Tuesday. Uh, so yeah, I mean download it, give it a shot. If you don't like it, you didn't lose anything for it. So because I think as of the fifth, the beta is open, but I believe it's now based on time zones. So, yeah, uh, I don't know. Is it the, on the Battle.net client? You can just install it and play it. I don't know how that works exactly. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, give it a shot. Um. So that's it for Overwatch, right? We're gonna obviously do an episode on it when it actually comes out. We were we thought about doing this week's episode on the beta, but like you guys said, if we talk a lot about it then we won't have a ton to talk about when it actually comes out, you know, because it's essentially a full game. Yep. Um, okay. Uh, I'll go first, I guess. Um, I beat the game of Thrones telltale game. Hey, nice. Dan. Thank you. Uh, it sets up easily for a second season. I haven't heard anything about that, but I know they're doing one. Um, it was good. I enjoyed it. If you didn't like, or if you're not into game of Thrones, it's probably not going to, change your mind i think i said that last week but i enjoyed it good not it's great. definitely for people who are into game of thrones yeah oh yeah uh absolutely don't even bother no if you haven't played game of thrones there are way better telltale games to play yes that are not into game of thrones more one-offs uh but yeah i enjoyed it good like i said good not great looking forward to the second season uh it definitely doesn't tie up all the loose ends at the end of the at the end of the season i guess so uh, there's that Dark Souls three, uh, still playing and loving Dark Souls three. I beat a few more bosses. I beat Dragon Slayer armor. I beat the Osiris, the Consumed King, and Champion Gundir in my last time playing it. Major spoilers, Dan. But what did you think of Dragon Slayer armor? Uh, it was cool. He was a cool boss. Whoa. Um, I had some a lot of online jank when I was trying to fight him. Like the first time I wait, went in. Wait, before you say it. Okay. Uh, did you enter the boss and your summons couldn't enter after you? Yes. Okay. The very first time I went in, uh, that, that happened to me. And apparently that's a lag issue, a network lag mm-hmm. issue, uh, because I've had it happen the opposite way where I got summoned into a world and yep. the, the leader went in and me and wh- whoever I was with, you know, the, the summoned characters couldn't go in. You just um, feel awful. You're like, he's yeah. dying in yeah, there. Yeah, no, I know. And you're just like outside <laughs> the door. Yeah. So that sucks. Um, so, yeah, the first time I went in, uh, I got throttled. Because uh, I, I always go in first as a as a summoned character so I can get an idea of what the boss does. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's definitely one of those bosses that's way easier with, with two people. Uh, once, I, once I got it and set and uh, everything settled, like I didn't have any trouble, uh, me and another guy whooped his butt pretty good so the last handful of bosses i summoned three people oh okay yeah you did the right covenant so you could summon four people or three people Uh, actually there might have been a boss or two that 
it limits you to three summons because yeah. I know that happens. Some of them you can only summon one character. Yeah, unless you're what is the centen- blue centennial centennials that you can summon a third or something coming yeah. in blue or whatever. I still haven't figured out all that stuff. Did you fight the dancer? Yeah. Oh man, the dancer and the dragon slayer armor just gave me fits. Uh, the dancer gave me fits. Dragon slayer not as much. Okay. The dancer was a was a bastard. Um, what was the last one you said you fought? The last one was the dragon slayer, actually. Oh, okay. I beat the the the. Where is it? Consumed king, Osiris, the consumed king, and champion Gundir. Mm. I beat those two for, before I beat the dragon slayer. Okay. Uh, I got to the dragon's peak to fight the dragon, the big dragon. Um. Big dragon. Dragons. Dragon Alley, Dragon Peak, Dragon's Peak. I'm not dragon sure. Dragon Van. But it's just like, it's those oh, guys with yeah. the long necks. Yeah. Who suck. Um, but I, from reading the notes, like, I won't spoil it, but you have to go a certain way to make the boss a lot easier. Uh, I, I've tried several times to get up there and just couldn't. I'm really happy I threw in the towel. Sounds like work to me. It's a lot of work. I think I'm at I think I'm at like like 41 hours or something played. Uh, I think my character's like level 86, maybe. So rewarding though. It is very I rewarding. I just can't, man. I get home from work now, especially like the drive. I get home from work, I just sit there and I'm like, I couldn't begin to imagine playing a Dark Souls right now. Honestly, like, for me, it was much harder when I first started playing Dark Souls 3. Once you get going, and especially, like, once you build up your Estus Flask supply, like, I have 12 now. Uh, I don't really die all that much, uh, especially when I'm exploring a new zone. It's when you get to bosses that that you'll get killed. How long did it take you to get to that point? A while. And you have to do a lot of exploring to find the Estus Flasks. Exactly. uh, Because they're not always right on the beaten path. A lot of them are kind of hidden. And then I'll run into a normal-looking skeleton on a rooftop who transforms into fucking Medusa and kicks the living shit out of me. Those guys are still showing up late in the game. Yeah, and then I quit. One of the revelations I had playing Dark Souls (laughs) that uh, helped my, or I should say, uh, took a little bit of the hurt off was, like, realizing that people beat these games, like, at level 12. Yeah. You know, it's losing souls isn't as big of a deal as it seems. Yeah. As long as you can get good. Yeah. Get good. Or, or uninstall, you know? Yeah. No, I find just, uh, you know, when you go into a new area, kind of see what's going on. I always try to use my bow to draw out enemies that I can see, uh, so I can fight them one-on-one. And then, uh, you know, you're always going to get your guys that surprise you that jump out of nowhere, or come out of a swamp or whatever. You just got to be, be aware Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, try not to go too fast. Make sure you're fully healed. And uh, yep. try not to get hit, too. That's another thing. Yeah. And it hasn't, it's, I hasn't mean, been I know the, the rookie noob build is heavy armor shield, you know, suck up the damage. But yeah. really, the, the way to teach yourself to play is, is just to dodge, yep. not get hit. Yep. Because a lot of times if you get hit or, you know, if you, even if you block with a shield, they'll knock your shield down and do the chest stab. Oh, yeah. So, or any other grabs or anything like that. Is, yep. Shield's not going to help you. Nope. So Ugh. I probably won't play it again until after the Overwatch beta. 
Uh, I can imagine that consuming the rest of my the rest of my week and weekend and into early next week. So does that sound like blasphemy to you, Corey? <laughs> it kind of does, Dan. Jeez, what? Not playing? Oh, not playing playing Overwatch over Dark Souls. Yeah. Well, I, part of it is I want to play the crap out of Overwatch. Anyway, uh, can't you just go back to playing Crusader Kings? I liked you more when that was what you played. <laughs> when I just play, or when I just played Guild Wars Two. Yeah, let's do that. How dare you! <laughs> I could very easily go down that, go down that rabbit hole. Very easily, but I'm not gonna. <clears throat> but that's all Fair I played. Enough. So, what do you got, Corey? Let's hear about this Gaia. So we talked uh, we talked briefly about uh, Disgaea in the past. Mm-hmm. It's I've been saying numerous times it's it's the game the genre the franchise I've been wanting to get into for a very long time and just never had the access to it. It was on Vita and like the PlayStation that I didn't have kind of thing. It just didn't line up with the platform that I had at any given time. But they did release. It was this year, right? They released yeah. the Disgaea PC port mm-hmm. which was universally hated when it first came out because of some technical issues and bugs and stuff like that however they have ironed all of those out the game runs perfectly uh with a controller there are i had literally zero issues with with the game uh <coughs> technically mm-hmm. but i had always heard that Disgaea, even though it draws a lot from final fantasy tactics one of my favorite games of all time uh it is much more of a grind. And I didn't realize how much of a grind it really was until I started playing it. And uh, I played five hours of the game, and probably about two hours in, I started to feel the grind already. Wow. So it does the the tactics thing of, uh, you know, there's no... There's like a, a hub area that you go to where you do all your shopping and leveling up and, and buying items and all that stuff. And then you go to the dimensional portal or whatever, and that takes you to the next story mission, which is just uh, like a Final Fantasy Tactics style battle map. And it's, you know, the the squares where you walk from, you move from square to square, you attack or you use a special ability, same as tactics. Uh, that's all in there. But th- what they want you to do is it's all about like, maximizing your characters like up to level 999 so that they can do 9,999 damage like 9,999 times in a row Uh, and that's just I mean like I get it I get why people would like it but uh, after I played about 5 hours of it I felt like I had seen the whole game and from then it's just a grind to beat it Wow, I could be wrong uh, but that was that was kind of my experience with this guy. They do do a couple things interest more interesting um, outside of what Final Fantasy Tactics did. Like on the battle map itself, they have uh, in some spots colored tiles that are like boosters. So like a red tile will be enemy attack times three. So if an enemy is standing on that and it attacks you, it'll do three times damage. Uh, but they also give all your characters the ability to throw, to pick up characters and throw them. So you can go up to an enemy, pick it up, and throw it away. Uh, you can also pick up your teammates and throw them. So what I like to do early on in a, in a battle is uh, line up my characters just so 
And you can do move and attack in any order. You can attack and then move. Whereas in tactics, you couldn't do that. Once you acted, that was the end of your turn. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in Disgaea, you can attack and then move, uh, move and then attack. So I would line up my characters just so and do like a leapfroggy throw thing to get as far as I could with a character and then use that for this character to do an act that would benefit me in the battle somehow. Um, so going back to the colored tiles, if there's a, a colored tile on the ground in the game, there is sometimes also a, I forget what it's called, like a, a pyramid that corresponds with that colored tile. And if you destroy that pyramid, which is somewhere on the map, it'll deal damage on that tile. Hmm. And then sometimes there's multiple colored tiles, and you can do like a chain effect kind of thing. Like if an enemy's on a blue tile, you can go up and hit the blue pyramid, which will turn the blue tiles off and change other colors to other things. And if you set it up just right, you can pick up and throw pyramids and have like this weird chain effect thingy that does a bunch of damage to a bunch of enemies based on where they're standing. Which is bizarre. It's it sounds crazy and it's really hard to explain and you'd actually have to play it to to understand. My brain it. hurts. <laughs> yeah. But it does add another like interesting layer to uh-huh. the tactics of, of the game. Nice. But it is like exactly what you'd think. Like it's it's just like a tactic style map, one after the other after the other, and like enemies and special abilities and items and and all that kind of stuff. And they do this thing where to level you can any item you can actually level up, and you do that by doing a series of battles in the item world. So you put like an item forward, and you'll enter your characters will actually enter that item. And go through a series of battles, and if you successfully complete all of them, I think it's like ten or something like that. Uh, your level will, your item will level up and be a more powerful version of it. Huh. That's interesting. It's, it's so wacky. It's such like a wacky, silly game uh, that I kind of liked, but was also just immediately turned off after five hours of yeah. it. I'm like, I don't know if I'll ever play this again, but it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Would I like it? And that's the first Disgaea. I think of anybody, Will would like it most. Okay. Uh, it seems like his kind of game, but who knows? I mean, it's again, it's just the first Disgaea. I don't know what the other ones do. I know there's five of them. Yeah. And this is just the first one, so I'm sure they alleviated some of that grindy feeling. Uh, but I'm I'm glad I, it was fifteen dollars on Steam. I think. And uh, I'm glad I, I footed the bill just to get that initial experience and, and be able to say, you know, I played, played a little Disgaea. Disgaea. <clears throat> okay. So if you like tactics, definitely give it a try. If you're into that, uh, who knows? It might click with you. So. I downloaded it. You did? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm curious. Uh, I'd like a, a second opinion if you get a chance. But it did take me that full five hours to really, like, figure out the game and see the grind part of it. Mm-hmm. Okay. I didn't even get that far. But I also played Hearthstone. I think it's worth talking about because everything's up crazy. It's crazy time in Hearthstone land. Things are starting to settle a little bit. Uh, I started playing. I just got annoyed with the whole Cthulhu. I think I talked about it a, a little bit last week, but the card that everybody gets with the old gods is this Cthulhu card that's a 10-10 and uh, you can build a deck that levels up that card 
as you go, and then you drop it, it does a bunch of damage depending on how much it's been leveled up along the way. I kind of got sick of dealing with all that bullshit, uh, fighting decks with with that. Like, the Druid Cthune is just awful because the Druids... Minions have such high health that they're just a bitch to remove from the board and you can't get through them, and they just drop like five ten taunts that you just can't get through and they just level up their cthune and then drop it on you and then they laugh in your face and it sucks uh so i i was trying to look for a way to to get around that so i I went back to an old deck that i used to run called the face hunter which is exactly that like you it's a hunter hero that just every minion attack is to their face to do damage to them and take them out before they can do anything. And I actually had a lot of success. I won like six matches in a row nice. with that against all these bullshit decks that like before they had an opportunity to deploy like their strategies, they were done. Good. Screw them. That's what I say. It, it felt really good. Like yeah. especially the Druid Cthunes. Uh, you, know, you just want to be game. like right here, buddy. Right yeah. here. Corey, you look like an old bitter Hearthstoner right now. <laughs> Suck on that. Grizzled. Grizzled yeah. against the, all yeah. those exactly. newfangled yeah. Cthune decks. <laughs> yeah. I think we just stumbled upon a new term. Uh, that said, I, I have had a lot of success with a Priest Cthune deck, too, which uh, basically the goal of that deck is to put out your minions and heal them long enough to get your Cthune out. You know, keep keep your minions on the board alive by part healing them. Part of the them. problem. What's that? You're part of the problem, Corey. Everyone's running Cthune, man. It's just if you can't beat them, Dan. That's Go just ahead, where yeah. the meta's at. Uh, Agro Shaman's another one. People are still running. That's not Cthune, but uh, that's just that's just as much a pain. Uh, but it's it's a fun time in Hearthstone, you know. It's I love uh, coming up with my own decks and you know seeing how they how they build me one. How they play out. There's a I don't know if I talked about this last week, but there's a really fun Warlock card called Renounce. Spirit. Renounce Spirit? I don't know. It just sounds like something would be in It might be. It Will might be. Oh, Will well, just throws out a random word, just hoping it sticks. <laughs> but what it does is it 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 uh, changes your hero power and all your class-specific cards into the hero power and class cards of another class and lowers the cost of all of them by one. Yeah, I remember Look you talking about that. It's, I don't know, it's fun, because then you just get, like, you become, like, a priest, essentially, and you have all these priest cards that are random, but they all cost one less, so you're constantly is, playing ahead of the curve every turn. Is it Renounced Darkness? It could be Renounced Darkness. That's what it is. Sounds like a card to me. It's fun. There's some fun cards, for sure. Is it a two-cost mana? Yep. Picture of a dude on it? Yeah, picture of a dude. Yeah. Renounce darkness. But I've been listening to a lot of the Angry Chicken podcast and uh like What's when, that? when I'm at work. It's a Hearthstone podcast. Is it good? It's great. Maybe I'll check it out. I love it. Here's the thing, Corey, and I was thinking about this today. I like Hearthstone a lot. Yeah. I just can't get into it. <laughs> I don't know why. I really don't cuz it's fun. And I I recognize that it's a good, a really good game. I recognize that. I just can't get into it. Hmm. And it's not that I'm intimidated because I don't play against people with a higher skill than me. Yeah. And I was, I start like I told you, I I picked it back up when this new stuff came out. 
I'm three and zero since then, but that's it. I played three games. And I was like, all right. See, that's interesting, considering you won three matches and then just had no desire to to go again. Nope. Hmm. Normally with me, it's uh, I it go zero and three, and then I'm fed up and I don't want to play anymore. Yeah, I don't know, man. Eric, do you think part of the problem is <clears throat> like you play it when you're at home and you would rather be playing something else than Hearthstone? Yeah, probably. Like, yeah, like Overwatch. See, I've, I've, I don't play Hearthstone at home anymore. I did play a little bit today just because uh, I had some ideas for decks I wanted to try out. Before yeah, there's not really any any place else I can play it, I guess. Mm. Yeah, I play it on the go. While you're driving? Well, Bike. I should be doing other things. While he's biking. Gotcha. <laughs> Paying attention yeah, to the I road. I guess I don't really have that opportunity. Yeah. Your uh, y- yourself is a little bit more needed where you are versus yeah. where I am. <laughs> but uh, uh, I love it. Such a good time with it. I, I want you guys to play. I'm gonna. I'm seriously gonna set I up that, that tournament. I'd love to do that. Yeah, that'll be fun. I'm yeah. down. I'm not grumpy this week, so I'm in. Okay. Remember last week, I had an opposite reaction. <laughs> I want to get, uh, you know, you guys and in, in other amateurs. So if you know people who are mildly interested in Excuse Hearthstone, you. You're, you're an amateur. People. I can get two people. I am no amateur Hearthstoner. Will might be a little bit above amateur. I also thought about doing like a pro am. By pro, I mean people that play all the time. Right. Not necessarily real pros. Uh, yeah. We might actually be able to pull that off in Rocket League. A pro-am? We have a connection now. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah. Thumbstick athletes open. We, we got to figure that out. I just, I'm asking two people to join that are amateurs. Uh, I gotta look up. There's like tournament uh, websites that help you set up a tournament and allow people to submit their decks. And yeah, we have some time. feedback about one of those. Oh, we do. Yep. Okay. Cool. Hmm. Anything else, Corey? Um. No. Will you don't have anything, right? Uh, I just want to mention I played Battleborn. Not enough to give thoughts and details about it. I did like what I played, though. I will say that. I think we're going to, next week, right, we're going to do Battleborn? Are we? I don't know if I'm going to be on next week. What? It's Christy's first week down here. just doesn't feel right. I mean, I can give it the old college try. Nah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You got something better, Spark? Uh, what comes out next week? Uncharted Four. Yeah. What's that? Yeah, some dumpy game. game. We 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 gotta play the Banner Saga too at some point. It's only the best developer there is. No, Ste- we'll do Uncharted Four week after next, right? Yeah. Steven's Sausage Roll is the second highest rated game on Open Critic this year. I've heard good Sausage. things about that game. Sausage Roll been itching for a puzzle game um you want me to do mine dan yeah all right 
I played Fire Emblem Revelations. Oh, oh you did. That's it, though. I haven't beaten it yet. As soon as I beat it, Corey, you can take my 3DS. Finally. Well, I have to beat all three games. Good grief. I'll start with um, Galaxy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Had that on my system for a while. I almost purchased it a few times. And then it finally came out as a PS Plus game, which was nice. Um, Galaxy is really cool. It's just like a really stylized it's a uh, cel-shaded graphics and it's kind of cartoony which it, it's it's got a charming look to it and charming feel to it um it controls kind of strange at first it took me a little while to get used to um you accelerate with the right trigger and you drive directionally with the left thumbstick um and it felt like i should have had more control with the other thumbstick at the same time but you're using that one to shoot your gun I think that's how it was. I might be wrong about that. Um, but yeah, the controls, once you get used to them, it's pr- it's pretty cool. I didn't play too much. I played through like two of the story missions. I was having kind of a tough time finding a game to get into, um, which is when I played Hitman and Galaxy. Uh, so I don't have too much to talk about. But there's there's um, ship upgrades, things like that. It was challenging, mostly because of the control issues that I was having. Um, but once I got the hang of them, it wasn't as bad. Um, the fights were kind of fun because you can... kind of there's a booster but it's very limited because your engines overheat but there are these big bug guys who will grab you and chase you around so it was fun to kind of boost around and use the controls to your advantage and use your ship's agility against the big dumb slow bug ships Um, but I had a really good time with it I think Corey would probably like it the most out of all of us Um, I think he should give it a try what's the deal there's like seasons or something like that yeah, five seasons. What That's that just mean? their their name for story. Oh, okay. Like, yeah. okay, gotcha. Yeah, it may as well be called chapters. I think there's like five chapters within a season or something like that. Is it kind of like uh, faster than light? Like the upgrades and stuff that you get along the way are randomized. No. There's a shop. Everything's oh okay. So you're actually like earning some sort of currency. Yeah, like upgrade. at the beginning, you unlock the. You basically go rescue a ship who then becomes your shop owner. Gotcha. And you purchase upgrades from him. You also have to purchase uh, refills for health and ammo, which is kind of a bitch, and that makes the game kind of difficult. Um, But some of the environments in outer space are really cool, too, that you fly through. You fly through, like, asteroid caves and stuff like that, and it's it's a neat game. Really cool. Um, What else did I play? Alien Nation. I played, which is from the makers of um, Resogun and Dead Nation. Um, Alien Nation was a blast. It was only 20 bucks. Played all, all day. I think I played for nine hours in one day with Jared. Uh, we were hoping to have a beat. But boy, is there a difficulty spike on that last mission. Because in the other, all of the other missions, when you die, you just respawn at the last respawn beacon that you had um, activated. Uh, you don't really lose anything. You don't lose any progress, anything like that. You just respawn and keep going. On the last mission, there are three bosses, and you have to beat all three of them in one shot. So if you die on the first one, you go back to the beginning. You die on the second one, back to the beginning. You have to play through the whole thing again. Huh. Um, and it's a bitch. It's really hard. Um, and I was actually listening to another podcast today, and uh, he said that 
it was Jeff Kirsman on Giant Bomb. He said when he played it, he had to go back and grind some levels because it got pretty tough towards the end. So that's probably what we're going to have to do. But uh, I had a blast with it. It's it's a lot more than what I expected. It's not super deep, but it's like a mix of Helldivers and Diablo. It's a twin-stick shooter. Um, there's three classes. Uh, there's a tank, a medic, and assault or something of that nature. Um, but you, there's loot, basically. You're upgrading loot throughout. And there is a skill tree. You have passive skills that are the same for everybody, and each class has its own skills. Um, but it's just a, a lot of fun. Really fun. No no real story to it. Just killing aliens, having a good time, using your awesome-looking skills, and blowing shit up. Nice. But it does seem it like one of, those, one of those games you, you, play, you like binge play in an afternoon. Yeah, and I don't love twin-stick shooters myself, uh, but I had a really good time. I don't... I, I probably wouldn't suggest getting it if you're going to play it by yourself if you have somebody to play it with it's a really good co-op game and one of the cool things is it's uh, kind of like a drop in drop out co-op it's not kind of like that it is like that um so you can you can set your your mad your um your game to private or you can have it public so people can just jump in and that increases the difficulty when when people do that which is it makes it kind of fun um but you can also revive your teammates and things like that so it's 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 a blast. Not a lot of strategy to it. It's just good old fashioned blowing shit up and having a good time. It's like nice. Gauntlet. Yeah. Gauntlet's yeah. great too. Except way better. You know what I thought of too watching you guys play was that I can't remember what the name of it was, but it was a PlayStation game where you were like demon hunters or something like that. And one guy had like a crossbow. Yeah. What was I know that what game? You're talking about. Did we play um, it? I'm sure we did at some point. This is going back. Like I want to say, like Heretic or something like that. That sounds very familiar. I do know That's what you're talking about. It's not Heretic. No uh, it's like three player. Pretty sure it was three, not four. I don't know, man. Not ringing any bells for me. Mm. Well, while you look that up, I'll talk about the last thing I wanted to touch on. Uh, I wanted to go back to Rocket League Hoops, which I played significantly more of this week, uh, especially with Jeff on Xbox. By the way, it's running better on Xbox now. That's still good. not perfect, but it's it's better. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I gave Rocket League Hoops kind of a raw deal last week. Once I got used to it um, and kind of figured out what I was doing more, um, I, I do still think there's a pretty fair amount of luck that goes into scoring goals in, in hoops, but I've also figured out how to play defense a lot better uh, with a goal that's uh, laying flat as opposed to standing up uh, vertically. Um, yeah, and you kind of get a feel for where to bounce the ball off of the wall to get a good shot and mm-hmm. things like that and uh, where to set your teammate, teammates up and have your car uh, placement. So... I, I actually am kind of enjoying Rocket League hoops now, so I'd like to take back what I said last week. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it was a good time. We're always um, willing to admit our mistakes here on sure, the sure. Athlete I had a really awesome save where I came up through the bottom <laughs> of the mat and, and saved one. Um, and those feel great. Yeah, those uh, almost feel better. They're harder to pull off than saves in regular Rocket League, so they honestly feel a little bit better. You so. just wish you could do that in basketball. Like, put your fist up through the bottom of the basket, yeah. like, to block the ball out. Right. <clears throat> That'd be fun. So, yeah. <clears throat> Good stuff from that. Um, 
Andy G in the chat says hoops is pretty tough, which is is, is true. It's hard to score. Uh, he said he's digging the addition of Rocket Labs playlist being added to X1. I didn't know they added that. Um, Rocket Labs is awesome. I haven't played it nearly as much as I should, much as I should. Uh, and I guess they did some updates to some of the maps, and I should really check that out. I feel bad for the Xbox players, uh, not only because of the stuff we talked about, about before, but because it doesn't have the cross-platform play. There are not many players on there, and I anymore when I get on my PS4, there's over a hundred thousand people on, <laughs> unless it's like a crazy time of day. Um, but usually on Xbox, there's far less than that. They really need to get connected with the other two systems. Yeah, that would be great. Have everyone in one big pile. Absolutely. It's the first game. Out... It's Sorry, the... I figured out the name of the game. What was it? Hunter the Reckoning. I don't think I've ever played it. The name sounds familiar. Did I have it? Somebody did. I, I know I've played it with I somebody. Think we did, I think. Me and you? Because I remember playing it. Okay. One guy's got a crossbow, one's got a shotgun, and one's got, like, an axe. Huh. I'm sure it was fun. It's a good time. Oh, and somebody's got uh, two pistols. All right. Anything else, Eric? No, sir. All right, let's do feedback, shall we? All right, this is from Tito in L.A. who says, Concerning the Rocket League Championship Series, we never got to play a game. Minutes before our first game Saturday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific, Smash.gg went down and was out for a few hours. Me and my teammates waited for a while, and eventually we got our code for the lobby and waited another hour for the other team, but it wasn't clear what was going to happen with the outage and everyone's schedules thrown off as a result. We had to leave and go on with our day because we're adults with errands, uh, and around then, RLCS came out with instructions on the makeup times. At around 5 p.m., the other team asked if we were going to play, and we notified them we weren't home anymore. Uh, we didn't bother to get a moderator because we were kind of over the whole thing by then. Annoyed, frustrated, mm. but it didn't matter. Rocket League then gave more instructions a couple days later for a makeup schedule, apparently during the week, but I didn't have much interest. I was too busy with work, and since I'm West Coast and teammates on East Coast, uh, coming with an agreed time wasn't something I wanted to figure out. I'll just watch the tournament, uh, but that was a big mess up for a website that specializes in tournaments to go down like that. Says I'm playing Battleborn and Sunset Overdrive currently. I'm about to get hit with a lot of games I want to play with Uncharted 4, Overwatch Beta, and No Man's Sky in June. Totally. Yes, yeah, sir. Nice little lineup coming right up here. That is a nice lineup. Because <clears throat> you said Uncharted next week. Uh, <laughs> Overwatch is the end of May. And then end of June is No Man's Sky, right? Yep. It's the 24th or something like that. 21st. 21st. Rings a bell. I don't know. So, yeah. I'm hoping Overwatch can carry me through that. And, and the games I have to finish up. Uh, yeah. I don't want to have to dig into the backlog again. I can't believe No Man's Sky is almost out. I know. I didn't think it was ever going to come out. I And like you, Eric, my I kind of cooled off on it until I watched the most recent videos on it. And I'm like, oh, man. Can't I just stopped paying attention. Yeah. Well, I did too, but there also wasn't anything new about it for the longest yeah. time. And it, I we, guess we still I had just the questions. let it like, leave my head. Yeah. You know what I mean? We still had the questions, which I think uh, Corey was the one to bring up, being the negative Nancy of the group. Uh, you know, like, what do you do? 
I resent Dan, that. Dan, we like to refer to that as the Corey wild card of the group. The wild card of the group. It's a little bit more friendly. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Wild card. Uh, but yeah, once once Sean Murray got into detail and, and showed some more stuff, I'm like, oh yeah, this is going to be good. Yeah. yeah. At least I hope it is. You can put your Twitter handle on planets. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking cool. Yeah, but it's no one would ever no, see Corey, it, so it doesn't matter. Nobody said you had to play it, all right? <laughs> Oh, I'm going to play it. Corey, what game is worse, Overwatch or No Man's Sky? Considering I, I've hardly played either, No Man's Sky. Okay, good pick. It's worse. <laughs> is worse than Overwatch? <laughs> I'm just funning. I have no idea. We'll see. I'm not looking forward to that No Man's Sky episode, I can tell you that. I can already hear it. We should, we should drink beforehand. <laughs> I have to decide whose side I'm going to take. Hey, guys, I have an open mind. I'm... <laughs> Well, you should decide ahead of time. To... What's that, Dan? You should decide ahead of time whose side you're going to take, and no oh, matter I'm no, just, I'm deciding right now. No matter right. what, Corey, your, what your thoughts the on the is, game are. The thing is, is that I know you have an open mind, but in my mind, you don't have an open. Mind. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? I get you. Yeah. Let's just say it yeah. now. Corey's going to hate it. I mean, <laughs> obviously. God, I hope so. Uh, I love it. I might not be the only one to hate it too. It's no, not. You might, you might not. not. Absolutely, you might not. It's not guaranteed to be anything. Yeah, <clears throat> I have no idea. Nobody has played that game. Nope. There are no gameplay impressions for No Man's Sky in the wild. If Sean Murray's personality is any indicator, then that's going to be great. Uh yeah. I I don't know. I feel like he is a very smart, creative man who was thrust into a very unfortunate situation yeah i don't I, think he wanted to be in that situation <laughs> no yeah, you're right it's pretty it, obvious <laughs> I, and i think he came out and said it was an accident how popular <laughs> his <laughs> how, how 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 big the reaction was to that listen, game. listen guys i didn't i didn't ask for this all right i don't want you know, i don't want this i, was well, I, I mean thrust into the spotlight the reaction was so positive yeah that sony comes to the him and says here's 10 million dollars yeah. Make something awesome. Make a sixty dollar game instead of a twenty dollar game. And then it's yeah, and then it's just like oh, shit. This, yeah. This was how a do, twenty dollar game. No. Yeah. How do you say no to that? Exactly. <laughs> Poor bastard. <laughs> it's a tall task. And I really do hope he delivers. I mean I'm I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. Sure, sure. Yeah. yeah okay. <clears throat> That's unfortunate about Tito's Rocket League experience. That really sucks. Yeah. Um, cause I was, I was looking forward to, to hearing how he did. Um, damn, I, I did want to talk about the RLCS actually. I forgot about this. I watched some of it. Um, I, I was lucky enough to catch Kronovi's team play, which is the I buy power team. Uh-huh. Holy shit. Unbelievable how good those guys are. There's no, the thing about those guys is there's no ground the whole map is ground to them. So what I mean by that is they're so good at using boost in the air that they can go in a straight flat line as if they're driving across the regular ground like a normal player would. The whole map It's played up is, in the air. They're able to use the entire map the way that you and I drive <clears throat> across the ground. So you're saying I would have no chance of touching the ball. Oh, my God, no. Not being able to do any aerials at all. 
No, but that's the thing. Like they they are able to anticipate way ahead of time where the ball is going to be in the air and get there, like no matter what. Hmm. And you're talking about three guys on the same team that are all like that. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, yeah. Oh my god. It was it was fun, really fun to watch. Oh, yeah. So. And and I should comment. Um, one of our listeners, Savage. I've been listening to his podcast. It's called Live at Manfield. It's a, a Rocket League podcast, and they pointed this out. I, I honestly didn't even think about it until I listened to their podcast. Um, they were talking about how, how well presented the tournament was on Twitch, and it really was. Did any of you get to watch any of it? No. 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 It was a really professional, like, they did a lot of analyzing after the games with pro players. Um, that that really helps, really, too. Yeah. Because it, it was makes really, really well done. It makes it feel like you're watching ESPN or uh, exactly. NBC Sports or something like that, you know. Yeah, and the the casters during the game were really good. Obviously, very knowledgeable. Like, it was really well done. I think uh, the game's got a bright future. And, and like I said, it really seems like it's growing now uh, on PS4. At least, like the numbers keep going up. I think they just reached 15 million users. Nice. That's uh, crazy. overall platforms which is awesome so but yeah tito that sucks man i feel bad that that happened to you yeah that's a bummer because i know you were looking forward to that they got to figure too like if it like tito said if they if they have adults that are scheduled scheduled time for these tournaments you know like you can't just change right. on the floor like People have stuff to do, you know? Right, and he's also got the added thing of being in a different time zone different than the people zone. he was playing with. Yep. So That sucks. That sucks. <clears throat> yeah. All right. Any other thoughts, questions, comments? Quince. I got a question. Clements. What's up? Is it Overwatch time, boys? Yes, yes. it is. Jeez. <laughs> I'm going to start <clears throat> compressing the episode and go right upstairs to play all right let's do it usually i usually i'll wait till it's done compressing and i'll upload it right away but i'll just i'll wait till later to upload so i can play till 11 okay nice so like uh 45 minutes of skirmish then <laughs> hopefully God, not i'm gonna be pissed hopefully not all right uh that'll do it for episode 250 of the thumbs to athletes podcast i'm your host dan i'm work well curry Thanks for listening and get out of my basement.